This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. Um, oh, I'm RJ, I guess. Don't touch your face. And we're just what? two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're learning about life one slice at a time. As we watch Spine 265 in the Criterion Collection, Robert Altman Shortcuts from 1993. But first, RJ, mm-hmm. it's that season. Which season would that be, friendo? Snow dumpage. Snow dumpage? Could you explain that a little bit? Oh, boy, buddy. We've been enjoying some uh, uncharacteristically warm, dry weather here mm-hmm. Uh the ass end of December, and I was enjoying myself, you know? You, you could go for a walk and mm-hmm. not slip and fall, go for a drive and not slip and die. But uh, that'll change. Our fortunes changed starting Monday. Which end of December did you say? At RJ. In, yeah. I think people have often complained in this neck of the woods about there not being a lot of uh, white Christmases. But here, mm. we, here we are. Where do you stand on the white Christmas? Uh, are you are you looking to put Christ back in Christmas, or are you uh, and no, you want a hot, dry Christmas? I'm, I'm a big X boy. You're an X miss boy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, the assault on Christmas continues uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, we, we have been in, uh, I believe, what is called La Nina. It's like El Nino, but it's the other one. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's La Nina. So it's uh, unseasonably warm, allegedly. But uh, I, I did hear... Um, Is that like Wairona? La Llorona? Yeah. La Llorona? I don't know. Frank can let us know if that's right or not. Uh, so yeah, it's been pretty warm, but uh, it's been windy as shit, man. And the wind blew in a little storm. We got some snow, and now it's blowing the snow. It's going to drift. It's going to be a nightmare. Sorry, how are you keeping warm? You got some hot chocolate uh, resting by the open fire oh uh no i have alcoholism so i don't i don't ever have to worry about body temp that didn't save uh jack in the shining he had i mean he ran out but then he got some he got ghost liquor yeah yeah he ran out i have i i knew we would be spending christmas at home so i've been i've been stocking for months almost uh you know every day just bring home another case another bottle Mm -hmm. uh we actually we received a few bottles for christmas so like they know you so well oh they know me so well uh so uh very well stocked and uh you know about ready to bunker down shelter in place for christmas yeah because you don't have to go anywhere anymore we don't you, We're you, usually on the run a lot. You are. I was thinking about you. You were in my thoughts and prayers, RJ. I know. I know. You're, uh, but, you, but you're still alive, so unfortunately they didn't come true. Wow. 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 I hope you're happy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not happy. You proud, of, not, you proud of how this turned out? Here, here we are. <laughs> Week 227 or something. Oh. This podcast of our dear friendship... Wait, what did you describe it as? Animosity. I, I wouldn't describe. I wouldn't use either of those words. Big, and big, deer was D E E R. Big plans. For. I don't know life. You going to you? Gonna, it's, are things going to turn around for RJ in twenty twenty one? Fuck no, no. I lost my chance like eight years ago. I think I I could have done it eight nine years ago. And uh, would you call it a rut or a plateau? Um. I would call it uh, fair. A ditch? 
No, it's more Shallow like ditch. an embankment. Okay. Do you know, like, because there's standing, not really... Is, any... is there standing water? Yeah. Does it have some, to be sprayed for the mosquito water, eggs? But there's no chance water could ever get uphill. Like, mm-hmm. like only, only, only someone who doesn't see what's going on would be like, oh, you, do, it'll get there. Do the animals know better than to drink from it? Uh, they do, but I've I have tapped into the yeah. well once or we've, twice. We've, we've lost our sense of uh, our uh, kin of being able to say that's bad stuff right there. Don't go it's drink that stuff. water. Yep. Well, fuck it. Fuck Whatever. it. Exactly. Fuck them. Yeah. So uh, you're you're hel- hunker or sh- you are staying home, I imagine. Are Correct. you going to have a nice Christmas dinner, Jared? Yes, it'll be piecemealed. Uh, Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a collage, a medley of uh, a pe- pe- food will be dropped off. It's going to be like a replay of Easter, where mm-hmm. uh, me- meals are dropped off and then everyone disperses back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're making our own this year. You're making your own. Top down mm-hmm. bot- or bottom up? What's more um, accurate here? I, uh, I I prefer a linear approach. I so see. It's just, no. it's just flat the whole way. Excellent. I like that. I like yep. your management style. Yeah, I've been like I've been told by a lot of people I do things the best that it can be done. I think mm-hmm. so. Uh, yeah, we're, we got a little bird. Gonna cook that up. Uh, what, you know, a bird, fixings. a turkey a bird? bird. Yeah, turkey bird. Okay, not a not pheasant. One of them flappy birds. Nah, we. Nah, you got to do it an actual turkey. Okay, I'll eat it all. There's not gonna be any leftovers. Not a, a squab. No, no squabs. No game hens. Nothing like that. Okay. But uh, we're also uh, we do breakfast day on uh, Christmas Eve, so we're gonna make a pile of breakfast tomorrow. And uh, I mean, I know you're not a big turkey boy, but I, I think you do like some breakfast dishes. I do. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? Um, update mm-hmm. update on medical update for uh, Jay Duncan. Okay. Um, I got my uh, allergy test back for eggs, and negative on both egg white and egg yolk. So what, are you just being like a, a sick kid? You're like, eggs upset my tummy. No, it upsets my throat and my, my comfort in breathing. So, But you're not allergic, though? Apparently not. So, uh, well, uh, what's going it, on over there? It's inconclusive. I guess uh, I'll, I'll give you updates as I know them. Have you uh, had anything else that uh, has sent you into a fizzy? Nothing. Food-wise? No, nothing. Mm. I thought about so, it. Gave it a long thought and... Uh, it's it's something about eggs, or maybe a particular kind of egg. You know, if you ever need help finding what makes you sick or not, you can come over here. I could prepare some dishes for you. No. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think 8 out of 10 would make you sick, probably. Do, do you have a, an EpiPen on hand, by chance? Blue to the sky, orange to the thigh, Jared. Bam. Don't ever forget that. Slammer. Bam. Slammer. I don't have an EpiPen, but I do have uh, an inhaler. This could possibly bring you back to life. Put that into my open wound. Yeah, and just start like uh, giving it squirts. Yeah, Do you think I, it would work? Yeah, you, you haven't taken first aid, have you? Uh, I I have a first aid certificate. I think it was from two thousand six. Does Ooh. it is it still good? <laughs> the, it's as good as that paper it's printed on. So yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Did Not much just... to talk about in the world, huh? I don't know. Um. RJ, I've... <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, choking. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. 
Uh, I made a drink and uh, <laughs> you did. It, it just kind of like, you know, have you ever even with whatever, like if with water, you're yeah. like drinking, but like you accidentally inhale a little bit. You're like, <gasps> like at the last second. Oh, uh, you just I'm almost drowned on land, RJ. Yeah, but that's probably how I'm going to go. Yeah, they didn't get me today, but like yeah. Zandra know to turn you to your one side. She's been instructed a uh, uh, DNR. Oh, do, well, wow, that, that comes after being once, but it's something she has to turn you over. But if not, well, you know, it's not your problem anymore. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you good? You're no, good? I, you're good. Yeah, I All I right. told her if it's happening, even if I if I gesture, it's like like to for her to save me. I was like, nah, just let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. What's new with you? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Um. We got these emails, RJ. Um, emails. Also got a, a gigantic thing. What do you mean? Because gi- I, I, you gotta be, you better be careful. The commission's already on you. What are you talking about over there? All right. Well, I, that's pretty big, RJ. It's huge. Well, I don't know. Should we save it? Should we save it to the the end of the emails? Otherwise, like, sure. I, I feel like sometimes we we blow everyone's emails by uh, you know, blowing their wad. This is the last episode of the Criterion Creeps. It's no, been an interesting four not. years. Or well, you can continue. RJ, but, uh, we got an email. Yes. Yeah, from someone claiming to be Jessica nine three zero two one. Claiming to be Jessica nine three zero two one, not nine zero two one zero. Nope. Okay, now is this uh, is this about meeting singles in our area by chance? Criterion forever. So maybe. Hey, creeps. Love the podcast. Mm. What are some of your favorite most rewatched good bad movies? Thanks for giving us some wild letterbox reviews, Jessica. Have we done some wild letterbox reviews? Uh, I don't know, RJ. I mean, you're well, you're, you're kind of you're out there, you know, on the edges. In, in what sense? I don't know. You post things. I make reviews sometimes. I've, I don't know if I've ever had a review liked by a Jessica. Unless they have an alias. Mm-hmm. Um, What's well, nice to hear from a new person. Uh, wild reviews, eh? Movies that are so bad, they're good, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you have anything off the top of your head? Sure. Sure I do. Like what? Um, how, Let's see. For like good, bad movies. How about Roar, RJ? Uh, I don't know what... I don't know why you're talking about bad in the context of Roar. Roar is an all all around good show. But no? is is it good for what it was trying to do, or is it good accidentally? Um, I I see what you're saying. Maybe good accidentally. Roar's very good. I like that show. Mm-hmm. Very. The, the, good. I think that fits. Then I think that qualifies. Yeah. All right, that one fits. Do you know of the work of Arizal? Aerosol, like air, uh, air, air is, aerosol. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Febreze guy. A R I Z A L. One name. Yeah, aerosol. Mm-hmm. Febreze or Lysol. Uh, he died. He died uh, six years ago. But before dying, he oh. left behind quite the legacy of uh, fine artisanal shitima movies like oh. American Hunter, Final Score, The Stabilizer, mm. Special mm. Silencers, Crocodile Cage. AKA <laughs> Double Crosser, Ferocious Female Freedom Fighters Part 2. Mm-hmm. 
Um, those all sound decent enough, but... One of these movies star the son of Robert Mitchum of Night of the Hunter fame, Christopher Mitchum. Chris Mitchum? That's not a very imposing name. Yeah. He is, uh, in a review of one of his movies from five years ago when I watched it, Final Score, I described him as hilariously dull. Um, and he just, because he's just like, he doesn't react to anything. It's kind of like, oh, my wife and child are dead. Well guess i should suppose get some revenge for that i guess and he goes and pursues it and just does that he just gets revenge he he find yeah revenge finds him in what sense because he's he's not seeking it despite maybe having very good reason for it um there's a movie called shotgun that's pretty pretty great from 1989 rj does it have an actual shotgun in it uh i think that is the name of the detective who is after Detective a, Shotgun? Ian Shotgun Jones. Okay. He hunts a sadistic, misogynistic maniac. Mm. The, the tagline for the film, playing by the rules can get you killed. Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, I got to ask. Uh, you also got the, the works of Neil Breen. The, oh, yes. The, the maestro himself. I have heard, but I have not seen myself. Fateful Findings is uh, pretty special. Where do you fall on the line of people either five-starring Neil Breen or half-starring Neil Breen? Where do you fall on that? I am a no-star rating-like guy. Okay. No. I mean, that's fair enough, I guess. No. But yeah, those are uh, pretty pretty special. And I think probably my super pick would be... Mm -hmm. Road to Revenge, a.k.a. Get Even by uh, John Ooh. John DeHart. I believe that is my highest rated shitima piece of, mm -hmm. a, of a lawyer from Vegas who decides, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to be an action movie star in my own movies. He epitomizes dad, action dad cinema. Action dad? Action dad. I'd love to see a film called Action Dad written by Jared Duncan. Oh, I can't do it. I mean, why not? I, just, I don't have it in me, man. I can't. I can't. I, I, it would feel so played out. It would be like the shit I hate. Mm. But what if it was completely earnest? I have to say, it probably my to toot my own horn. My letterbox take for van right. vanity projects is pretty great. What's in there? I don't look at takes. Braveheart, mm -hmm. The Room, Brown Bunny, Star Trek Five. Faithful okay. Findings, Miami Connection, Roar, uh, Double Down, and I believe Faithful Findings should be other. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, On Deadly Ground, starring old Steven Seagal. RJ, have you ever mm. seen Steven Seagal's appearance on Saturday Night Live in clips? Like or recently? Yeah. Or did you ever? Like, he's only been on once, and he's kind of regarded as one of the apps, like amongst the worst uh, well, guest hosts yeah. they've ever had. He's. I just watched a club of it with like Chris Farley. He's supposed to be kind of the the disapproving dad. He mm -hmm. is so bad. He's just clearly reading cards because he couldn't be bothered to memorize any lines. And mm. he 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 has that that whisper mumble he has. <laughs> it's like, and the audience can't hear him. He's not funny. Mm. Yeah, it's a, so you're saying it was a, a a good show. It's a good show. It's a good show. He's got one of those. Uh, Best uh, gigs, SNL uh, discs out there. It's just the whole episode. But there's no. But it's not even. It's like cringe. 
I uh, I have not seen that, but uh, I have seen Steven Seagal in other movies. Okay. In yeah. actual movies. Have you so seen I'm On Deadly Ground? With... No, I've seen Exit Wounds. Is that the one with DMX? Which one has DMX in it? Uh, it might be Exit Wounds. The one with uh, the DMX cover of Ain't No Sunshine. You know the one? He knows the one. There it is. Exit Wounds. That's the one with DMX? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Where do you stand on the Glimmer Man? Uh, I found that uh, he didn't glimmer as much as advertised. Right. Well, it's got Brian Cox in it. That's okay. I I like Brian Cox. I'm always down for a little Brian Cox. You you figure out some uh, bad movies? Good, bad movies? Uh, Well, I mean, I think I really like Polly Shore movies, and um, I think those aren't so bad they're good. They're just kind of bad, but I like them. Uh, I think, uh, some, some of my all times, uh, butt crack, which is, uh, yeah. was one of my most popular reviews at a, at a time, uh, thunder pants. If you remember my review of that film from last, uh, last Christmas, actually, do you remember that film, Jared? Vaguely, vaguely. Th- thunder pants. No. Uh, well, one kid, uh, says he's going to blow some ass and I thought that was pretty good. Uh, that movie is like, I think that's an experience more people should, uh, should sign up for. Cause it's not like. It's not part of the irony crowd yet. It hasn't caught on. Not enough people are like, whoa, this movie, Thunderpants, his farts, they harness them. I think it will one day, once a riff tracks comes out, probably. Uh, I don't know. Some trauma movies fall into that category, I think. Right? Some? Like Actium Maximus's namesake? Uh, well, that movie's like... That's not even a so bad it's good. That movie's just uh, revolutionarily like uh, abstract and experimental. Mm-hmm. Game changer? Game changer. Fine artisanal experimental. No, like I'm talking more like uh, like Surf Nazis. Like I think Surf Nazis is a good show. Mm. I think at least. Yeah. It's got, uh, it's got that sweet score. What about uh, Dog Star Man? That's a, that's a hit that all the kids like, right? Yeah, that's... It's a little pretty, pretty ironic. Big dog star man guy. Uh, Tiptoes. That movie's Oof. fucking nuts. Nuts. That one's crazy. Uh, riding the bus with my sister. That is another mm-hmm. uh, pretty. Um, you uh, you kind of you have to catch your breath at the end of that movie. If you know what I mean. Uh, what else we got on here, bud? Uh, I'm just looking at like old reviews. I, I don't know where to find this stuff. Hmm. Spaceship Terror. That movie's pretty sick. Are you gonna watch that next year? That's the one that's on uh, Tubi. Tubi. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, okay. What about Jack Frost, the snowman Christmas movie? That's a pretty pretty good show. <laughs> Snow Dad better than No Dad, <laughs> they say. You want to listen to another email? Uh, yeah, sure. I hope that answers uh, new uh, writer Jessica's questions. I hope so. Yeah. Must love dogs. I gave two and a half stars, apparently. They can check that out. Right. All right. Oliver Granger, with an email oh, entitled Wrestle. J-Dog, I just got an ad for AEW Wrestling. Do you have any thoughts on them? P.S. Don't you got gas up there? Get an Infinity Water Heater. What? Oh, because of your thing. Mm-hmm. See, that's kind of like what we have, is that, like that heat-on-demand thing, but uh, I don't know if ours is doing too good, man. It makes a lot of noise. Hey, we, I know. You, you talked all about it last week. It sounds like it's going to blow so are you going to take his advice? Is that what you're going to put in? Uh, well, I've already got a water heater now. 
Oh, you got a new one. Yeah, they they, they put one in like right away. Yeah. Well, get an egg timer, set it for uh, ten years, because in ten years you're gonna have to get a new one, won't you? Probably, yeah. It'd yeah. Probably be under advisement. Set an egg timer. I just had to send a a nice big fat e transfer to the uh, <laughs> insurance people today for a deductible. Merry e transfer. Yeah, R J. And, Did uh, you say Merry Christmas to them? Yeah, I said thank you. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Come and chop out drywall out of the basement on Christmas Eve, please. And they are going to. So <laughs> uh, that's what <laughs> that's excitement. <laughs> on Christmas Eve? On Do Christmas they get... and, well, no, they don't get it. It's not a stat holiday. It's just a day. It's just a day. And <laughs> that's what I would wow. love to be doing. But guess what? Is... The asbestos in the wall came back as negative. The test. Is is that good? Uh yes. On the other hand, the asbestos tile on the floor is not great. Huh. <laughs> huh. But are you going to eat not any my of problem. it? Uh, yeah. Sounds I... like a personal problem. No. It's yeah. not, not my problem. All right. Wait, what are uh, so we doing? AEW Wrestling. Uh, oh, yeah. So I can't remember, RJ, did you watch any AEW All-Ins? I can't remember if that was even going on when you uh, – would come over to Corey's. Was that? Is that what's his name? The uh, Kenny Omega guy. Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks. Yeah, I I saw I think one of those, potentially one. Okay. I don't think any more, but I I also could have not seen that one that I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, I think you had a I don't know I think you had some comments about all of them at some point, but it's lost to the mist of time. About the uh, other movies that these guys are probably in, the other cinema. Right. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, what's his name, uh, Randy Orton? Wow, that's a different, that's a whole, whole different ball game. I'm aware, I'm aware, but you I know. think they all dabble. I yeah, hope. well, they, some of, some of them even have OnlyFans. I've never heard of it. We should look into it. No, uh, yeah, EW. I have no idea how a, a person could come to wrestling new and be like, yeah, this is something I really want to check out because. So, I try watching some of it now, like months out. I still follow it via people uploading stuff on YouTube, I, like people talking about wrestling. But I haven't really watched wrestling much at all the last couple of years. And when I do, I'm pretty checked out of the action because a lot of the time it just looks so sloppy or like not, not tight. Seems very fake looking, more than it did a little while ago. Maybe I was watching New Japan a lot, which they they were they kind of hit each other for real, just a little bit, just a little mm. harder. But and even that stuff I watch now, it's like oh, all these guys they seem to be like working slower and safer. <laughs> so because getting hit really sucks. So it, they'll add longevity to their careers. But at the same time, I'm watching them like, no, yeah, this really does just feel like fake fighting. <laughs> Um, isn't that it, it's what it is, right? Like, but you know, it's, but it's supposed to be so is fighting in movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you think it's that's about staging, uh... I guess. And sometimes I don't know. And then when the announcers, people say, "Oh man, I can't believe it! Oh, he just hit him like he barely touched him." <laughs> like the mm. I don't know. It seems like whatever window of time there was that I was like a little bit like into this is closed. Or maybe the the way they're making the stuff is just as not as good as it was even like five years ago. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you've changed, Jared. Maybe I've changed. And maybe not for the better. 
But, I mean, if you're going to be watching WWE or AEW, I would probably watch AEW because it takes way less effort. They brought Sting back, RJ. Sting. How old is Sting? Sting is 50-something. Do you think he needs money or? I mean, he probably, I mean, those guys get addicted to the fame and the, like the adulation that the crowd. Oh, I'm sorry. Sting is 61 years old. What did you say? 50s. 50s. Yeah. I was going to say, I Sting. thought Sting was like. No, I see. I, Cause that's like, so Undertaker is like 53 maybe now. I didn't realize Sting was that much. 55. Fuck. I guess five years ago he turned 50, and it's like, oh, yeah. How long has it been? Yeah. How long has it been since you turned 50? A couple years now? Yeah. Yeah. So you you and Sting were pretty close in age, probably. Pretty close. We, uh, we worked a little bit together. You guys did? Yeah, down in uh, Arkansas. Down down in Arkansas? Ooh. Yeah. Driving truck or what? No, wrestling. Oh, I see. The, the old graps game. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not interested, but uh, I, I'm glad that. Well, I mean, if you wanted to watch it, I would supposedly. You. If, if you're really into demographics, apparently uh, there was a week recently where more people between the age of 18 and 49 watched AEW in that particular grouping than watched Raw on the Monday. Mm. Proportion, like proportionately, which was like quite a big deal, I guess, if you care about numbers, which I know you do. Based on your face, um, I know you like stats and data. Uh, I'm all about facts and logic. Yes. Yeah. Wait, did I say that word right? No, but that's better. Justin yeah. Peterson writes. Oh, what's he doing? Twas the night before creeps mass. Ooh, I'm liking this. Hey, Jared and RJ, merry mm-hmm. early Christmas to you, fine chaps. Looking forward to hearing this week's conversation on Altman Shortcuts, which was the first film I liked of his after feeling underwhelmed by Nashville. I was hoping you guys would also be watching PTA's Magnolia in preparation for this, so hopefully you can remember it well enough to note those comparisons. Finally, RJ has some explaining to do with that problematic review he posted for Shortcuts on Letterboxd. Me? A lot of people didn't, uh, even uh, Slam Loveland uh, did like a frowny face or something. Yeah, you're, sure. yeah, you're definitely gonna have to explain that one because I too was a little like, what? <laughs> nope, I have, I got nothing to explain. I, well, I mean, I'll talk about it, but uh, okay. I think it's pretty obvious once you, uh, once you see it, I or am... once you see the connection. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I am super excited for a special family event my sister has arranged for tonight. She rented out a private theater for our family to go see Christmas Vacation. But has, that, has there ever been an older movie you saw on the big screen where you were underwhelmed by the experience? Hmm. No, I don't think so. I mean, well, it's, I, it's, a, we, it's a very small list of like yeah, that's what I was older movies that I've seen on a big screen. So I can say... Definitely not. Everything's actually been better on the bigger screen. Yeah, there's a, we don't, I mean, until this year when no, no new movies were coming out, we never really got a lot of uh, older things coming yeah. back, you know? And if we did, it was usually at our second run theater and they would run it as a midnight show. And it was like, I'm not going to go to a fucking movie at midnight. What are you, nuts? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I, I haven't really seen a whole lot of old movies in the theater. I saw Jaws. That was good. Jazz. That was cool. 
I must say the two times I went to TCM Fathom events, I was not impressed. The Shining was fine on the big screen, but I would have preferred it in HD with better sound. But Vertigo was really bad since they started getting the stream late and there were lines in the picture frequently moving on the screen. Hmm, that's junky. In in wait, in what way? Well, they would have been screening like a digital copy of it, I think is what oh, Okay. Yeah, so that that's I mean that's bad. <laughs> like that's a that's a projection issue. But then but Justin also notes plus that movie is overrated in general. Oh, buddy. I don't know. What Christmas Vacation? Vertigo. Vertigo. Oh. Um I've only seen Vertigo like once. I remember yeah. liking it. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think I wrote a paper on it in like oh, my of course first, first or second. No, it was, it was screened in the movie. Like uh, in the I was taking a film studies class. Like the only mm-hmm. film I don't only, buy that. The only it was like a drama class that actually did film, and Vertigo was watched. And I do believe at some point in it, I, I wrote that the music is a, a character in the movie. <laughs> so every wow. time every time I read one of those in Letterbox, I go ah, young people. You should uh, you should unearth some of these reviews of oh, these fuck. papers. That's long gone. That Xerox is Xerox it. Put it on Letterbox. No, it's long gone. Xerox and throw it up on that those images that you can put on there. You could uh, Xerox and then uh, have a link to a like a PDF or something. Hey, there's it's, ways. It's it's another year and Letterbox hasn't sold itself to like Amazon yet. Not that's, yet. So that's good. I bet Disney will get them. Uh, I think they already have. Do they have Rotten Tomatoes already? Who owns Rotten Tomatoes? Is Warner that M or is that M? Yeah. Warner Brothers. I don't know, RJ. Better yeah, because I remember because there was that conspiracy that uh, when like, whenever there, there's like bad Marvel reviews, they're like, it's Warner Brothers. They're they're uh, trying to get bad Marvel reviews. It's true. Mm-hmm. Look into it. Oh, Warner Brothers. Does. Fandango. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's, well, no, it's actually NBC Universal. They own 75%. Warner owns only 25. Oh, okay. They still own some of it though. NBC. NBC Universal, baby. You know who you know what's which is, more like Which is to described buy? as a American mass media and entertainment conglomerate owned by Comcast. Who owns Comcast? Uh Comcast owns Comcast. Does Comcast also own own Warner Brothers? Uh let's find out. Let's see here. Because then, because then Comcast would own like almost a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that's weird. So, because yeah, so they are the second largest broadcasting. In fact, I worked for Comcast for like or a company that did tele support. Whatever. You worked for Comcast? Yeah. Um, when... Is this when you were smoking cigarettes watching? <laughs> Yeah, Cassavetti's movies with your fedora. Yeah, it would have been around that same time. But no, I worked for Comcast for about oh. two weeks uh, because there was like that. What's that called? Was, there was like the um, out of the mall. There was like that big like tele not telemarketing, but uh, like customer support company that was around for like a few years, and they were like a third party. And they basically all they handled was Comcast out of Chicago. And I basically trained there for two weeks, got paid and trained, and then I worked like three shifts. And I went, "This is horrible," and then I didn't work there anymore but it was comcast so they, they paid to train you and then you bailed yep wow it's the american dream wow what so, were we talking about oh so, no you, you okay, know who's so, more likely to buy letterbox is netflix <sighs> if they could it would make more sense for them they're all about oh, the algorithm right they are while well, they're all everything's about the algorithms i know but like i don't know if if i had to put money on like 
who would who would benefit the most of I don't know whatever. Who so this, so this is the fascinating thing. So Comcast yeah. owns I guess technically seventy five percent Rotten Tomatoes. The one part's Warner Media, but mm-hmm. Comcast's number one competition, AT and T, owns Warner Brothers now. AT and T does. Yeah. What are they going to do with it? I don't know. But it's like right now AT&T and Comcast own, own, both own a piece of Rotten Tomatoes. Do people still use Rotten Tomatoes? I don't think so. I imagine uh, Rotten Tomatoes is uh, hurting pretty bad right now. As is probably like mm-hmm. the entire like internet movie industry that well, like, relies totally on ad revenue. They're probably really hurting actually because they have to find new angles and speculation. And... Uh, there's nothing. There's no, there's no movies to talk about. Their movies aren't getting made. They're all mm-hmm. tied up. Well, I think I uh, I, I saw that. I, well, I mentioned before too. I think like movie news websites are really floundering. Like here's a here's a recent post on a movie website. How the Emperor's New Groove was nearly canceled. A movie that came out I think uh, 20 years ago, Jared. What, so what, there. What movie? The Emperor's New Groove, which oh. is a good show. I actually like that movie yeah, a lot. Yeah, I've, I've heard people were fans. But, uh, I mean, interesting uh, news article uh, on uh, your movie site, you know? Okay. You know, bud? I finally braved, Justin continues, the stores mm. today to get my Christmas shopping done. Do you guys have any more shopping left to do? No, nah, man, I did that shit nope. weeks ago, uh, yep. but I did it all on, on the internet, yep. like, which I, I think is not supposed like because i know everyone's like buy local and it's like i did a little bit but i don't want to be out so i uh i finished up just just a day or two ago the final little details what'd you get me i have not seen many christmas horror flicks other than gremlins and krampus is black christmas the best one to go with it depends what you're in the mood for, I think. Yeah. I mean, Black Christmas is good, but like what we talked about what was a week or two ago, uh, Dial Cold Santa Claus, that movie is pretty good too. I don't, I mean, I don't know if uh, Justin would even like Black Christmas that much. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, depends what you're in the mood for. Yeah. If you're in the mood for like a slashery movie, Black Christmas is good. Yeah. But it, I think. Uh, but, it's, but it's a low key. I mean, it's, pro, it's proto horror, like, or proto yeah. slasher horror stuff. I mean,. Are you talking about elevated horror, Jarrett? No, 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 no. No, we, just proto horror. Proto, proto slasher. Oh. Proton packs, cool. Yeah, it, cool. That, that kicks it all off. Seasonal horror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christmas yeah. horror horror. What else do you got? Uh, let's take a look. Well, yeah, Krampus was a Christmas horror story. Bleh. Uh, I mean, I like. I mean, fuck. I don't know. Well, I mean, we just talked about, you know, uh, 3615, Cold Père Noël, a.k.a. Deadly Games. Which is pretty good. A.k.a. Dial Code Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Which I won't have in my possession before Christmas, it looks like. Watch it on Shutter. I guess that's an option. How's it look on there? I mean, is it nice? Is it nicely restored? Because I know I'm waiting for my 4K to arrive. I thought it looked good. Okay. Hey, you know what? You know what's a Christmas horror that you guys could both watch? Mom. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot mm-hmm. all about that. Supposedly on this, I just looked it up. Uh, paranormal Activity, the ghost dimension apparently happens at Christmas or something. Is that movie worth watching? I haven't seen that one. I watched, okay. yeah, that's like the last two I didn't get to. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of Krampus. There's, oh, Bloodbeat. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, don't watch Bloodbeat. 
I think Urban oh, Legend is oh, a Christmas. Oh, all the creatures were stirring. That was a pretty good one. Holy fuck. <laughs> that movie is... It's all, oh. com- it's all coming back. <laughs> when did we have to watch that? Was that two years ago? <laughs> so, oh, is it two years ago? Or a year? I two? think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, there's always Silent Night, Deadly Night, Parts 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah. There's way more than that, too, though. No? Oh, there's many. There, it's, yeah. If you make, if you hit big with a Christmas movie, you you will make money forever. And that's why people do it at this point. I, and if you do I, Christmas and horror together, it's like, oh, man. It, hits, it checks that uh, the irony crowds need to, like, not be able to enjoy Christmas without, like, a smidge of a wink. Mm. What about yeah? I I agree with you. What about uh, Jack Frost? Uh-huh. What about Home for the Holidays? There's the one I was thinking about. Uh, Revenge Saint from 2010, directed by one Dick Moss. Dick Moss, eh? No. Yeah, a- I'll, I'll wait until next year to watch some more Dick Moss. Yeah. Fair. Fair. But yeah. Goat movie question of the week. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed revisiting the antics of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle all the way last night. So what are your favorite Arnie movies? Without a doubt, I would have to go T2, Judgment Day, with an honorable mention to The Last Action Hero. Yeah, uh, T2 is one of my favorite movies. So, Oh, yeah, T2, uh, Commando, mm-hmm. the movie that fucks, I would yep. say. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Commando, although I, I, I will back him up. I do think um, Jingle All the Way is pretty good. I know you don't like Christmas, but I like that movie. How, do you, how, how do you not have Predator, a movie with aliens? I, I do like Predator. Actually, uh, when Andrew and I first started dating, uh, we, I, I made her watch that movie like four or five times. I don't even know why. It's like because they didn't they just didn't have a ton of movies at her house. They had like a couple stand ups, I think Love Actually and then Predator. So whenever I was there, I was like, put Predator on. I was like. <laughs> And they're like, what do you want to watch? I was like, put Predator on. And it's like, didn't we watch that like last week? What, yeah. Was uh, Hitch there? Hitch was not there. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know if Hitch would have been a, I don't know if Predator would have been a Hitch pick, but uh, I did get lots of Hitch picks in this week. I, let know, me tell you. I, I noticed. I noticed. But there's still would no you, Hitch list. I know. I, I need to do some more work. I don't want to put it out prematurely. I need to get that thing to like. Tune it. To uh, I need to be comfortable in being like, this is what I can say are actual Hitch picks. And then I can kind of. I can add to it as time goes. Okay. So I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on it. Foodie question of the week. I know you guys have had plenty of burrito talk in the past, but Ooh, what are some of your other go-to Mexican dishes? I think Jim Gaffigan said it best that pretty much all Mexican food is exactly the same, just wrapped in different ways or put on nachos. Are you big guacamole boys? I sure Ooh. am. I pretty much like it all, but I will often just go with the Texas fajitas. So I get steak, chicken, and shrimp and not have to bother looking at the hundred other choices on the menu at the authentic Mexican restaurants. I I would I'd like to think that he says that like Hank Hill. Texas fajitas. Vegeta? Fajitas. Unlike like, like Vegeta. Vegeta? Texas the, uh, Texas Texas Vegeta from the Drake, seasoning? D, from DBAZ. Oh, that kind of Texas Vegeta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on board with that. Why don't you hit some uh, some Spanish uh, Mexican food talk first? Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said about like there's a base of Mexican, but there is a lot to be said about uh, your your peppers and your sauces. 
And I think that's where the real oh, yeah. ma- that's where the real magic happens. Preparation oh, yes. of the meat, shredded or ro- how are you roasting Something that, else? cooking it up? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like. I mean, refried beans are kind of a hit and miss thing for me. Sometimes they like totally make a dish. Uh, mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, they actually go really well with rice. But then you're just kind of eating two sets of carbohydrates in that same thing. That never bothers me. Andrea says that all the time too. She's like, "You need vegetables." Well, I'm like, but, I but, have but, but it's also like, that's carbs. It's, yeah, it's not. Yeah, beans aren't. It's got fiber, but it's also then wrapped <laughs> in a tortilla yeah. shell. You're just like, huh? Yeah, I then, like that. Well, that's one thing of Mexicans. You get a lot of veggies packed yeah. in there, and um, well, ooh, big can... city burrito. You can they put uh, f- like uh, deep fried cubed like potatoes into into the burrito. So that's carbs on carbs. You can also get beans and rice in that too. Beans and rice. You know what I mean? So you're saying that you are a... What, what's your favorite dish? We don't have a lot of great places to eat here. We have... To oh, be to be is, very frank. Is, is, is our Mexican restaurant even open anymore? I think they're finally closed, right? Which one? El Kumal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's an Indian restaurant now. What? It's like... it's <laughs> called. Oh, no, it's Indian pizza. It's called Razaz. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Razaz. I... Oh, speaking of which... Uh, a friend of mine uh, sent me the um, uh, the list, the YouTube video of Creepsville restaurants that closed this year. Oh, this there year? were some surprises. Yeah, it's oh, it's fuck. it just got posted. I think fuck, today. Yeah. I can forward it to you if you thank, want. Thank you very much. This is very important. This is uh, whoever. I don't even know who exactly does it. I mean, I probably know of the person who does it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a great standing tradition now but it's like they jumped the gun there's still two weeks to go there's still two weeks i'll, I'll send you this right now because I, I i didn't know you were so invested in it but uh i'll send you and i i gotta say there were a couple surprisers on uh surprising ones on the list this year Nope. Okay. yeah i mean it's oh, fuck it's a bit i mean i don't know why i'm so excited it's like this is a shitty year for restaurants like it's like and brutal people losing their livelihoods you know, ah! give it to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love the misery, baby. It, it it make it a as I heard on the radio today, viral video. Excuse me. That's what I heard on the radio. Like it's, it's like my, it made me laugh because it's like ah, uh, it's like my parents suck. Like referring to things as a viral video on the internet. Oh, uh, if you checked your email, you would see there was a new viral video released. You know what I heard uh, used um, like unironically last week, and I was like, someone said the World Wide Web, and it wasn't like you know how like some people being funny would be like on the World Wide Web, but this person said it genuinely, and I was like, should I tell him? I didn't. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, what What's your uh, Mexican dishes go tos? Um, I mean probably all of that. Well, like we always have avocados here because I'm a big uh, BLT like with avocado guy. So see, uh, I think oh, whenever oh, they turn, gross. we we turn them into guac. That's my confession, You're, RJ. You don't I, like avocados? I think they're gross. Okay, this is an interesting. This is a tangent. I've heard. I've heard. About, I've heard a lot of it's about ripeness, though. Okay. Yeah, maybe you don't have them at the right spot, but so I like them on stuff and all that. It's all good, whatever. Uh, but you know what I see a lot of people at work doing. So in the staff room, in our lunchroom, I've seen multiple people. And I don't know if it's just a trend that, like, one person at the place did it and then other people started doing it. But, like, I've noticed people that, like, I know don't talk to each other. They're not friends. I've noticed both both of them doing it. And I was like, 
it's like when did this become a thing so what they do Jarrett, is uh their lunch they'll like bring it in and they'll have like something i don't know like some meat and cheese or whatever and then they'll have a full avocado and they'll just get a knife and they'll just kind of cut in half yeah. and open it up like you would yeah and then uh, and then they just eat it like that they nope. just eat it out of the the skin yeah i've seen just yeah. full on and i was like huh like i mean it's not because like if it's on bread or whatever you just you're doing the same thing you're just putting it on bread but i was like i've never seen people just full-on ripping into avocados just whole like i don't know how about carnitas hoivos rancheros rj i do like uh horvos rancheros i do like that you know what we make actually once a month at home hmm Pork carnitas. Uh, I think yes. I've mentioned that before. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Uh, and then so chur- we have tacos. Churros. Churros. We have tacos one night, and then the next night we do refried beans with chilies and rice and the pork, and we mix it all together. What it's about good. Tamales. Ooh, you know uh, I do like tamales because uh, of the Seinfeld episode. Tamales are pretty good. You know where I got really good Mexican is in Colorado. Friend mm. of the show, Ryan Nagel, uh, me, him, and um, other buddy Taylor, we uh, went to this Mexican restaurant. We got some tamales. It was their specialty. And then, uh, fuck, what else do we get? Diarrhea, for sure. But that wasn't the restaurant's fault. That was mostly us. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what else. What else you got over there? I'm scanning. Huh. Easy. Okay, these are his recipes. Easy grilled corn with chipotle lime butter. Oh uh, well, that's like that's pretty popular. I've had it. I think it's okay, well, but it's, it's like street fucking... food stuff, right? Like yeah, you know, in nacho libre. That's the other thing. Is like you know, I haven't really ever been blown away by enchilada sauce. Yeah, the sauce it can be hit and miss. It depends what yeah. like if you're doing green sauce or something else. I used to make enchiladas a lot for the boys. Yeah. Yeah, they'd come over on uh, weekends. I'd make enchiladas. It's I got fun. you. I got you. I, hear, I like I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. I don't have a choice. I got headphones yeah. on my head. Yeah, you are. Uh, we make nachos once a month at home, and uh, we make a huge bake plate of it, and then we always go, we can't do this anymore. We can't make nachos anymore because we always get really sick, but then we do it again because nachos are good. Right. I, I don't know if that's really Mexican. Probably not, but I like it. That's fine. And Yeah. yeah. Sa- salsa? Uh yeah, salsas. The uh, big city's got the best hot sauce <laughs> uh-huh. in the world. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, Taco Time might have a word with you about that. Taco Time's got pretty fucking good hot sauce. That's all, I will give that, you that is all they've got because it, it yeah. makes it makes everything they make edible. <laughs> I yeah. Because we take that well, away. What about crustos? Those are pretty good. You know, actually, they were uh, they were pushing crustos on me uh, a few weeks ago. They they like for free. They're they like, you want some crustos? You want some crustos? And I was like, yeah, sure. I haven't had any of those since I was probably like sixteen. And I had them, and man, I was underwhelmed. It's, maybe it was like they're they're I, I not, they're not they're as good. Something. They're not as good as I they used to be. I don't think. Oh, I I believe that for sure. But maybe there was something else to it. Maybe they were giving them away because they fell in the toilet or something. Yeah, they were a little soggy. Yeah. I like crustos. I like churros too, for that matter. But, yeah. You know. You tilapia, know. With, tilapia with corn salsa. Huh. Fish, huh? Well, I, I mean, fish tacos are good as well. Yeah. I like fish tacos a lot. We don't make them at home though, and that's that's one thing that we don't have here. That's do, do, I wish we did. Do you think this is giving them what they want, RJ? The fans? Did they want? To, it's been a while about the food talk. And here we I know are. Aaron Lang is probably uh, very pretty happy at the uh, absolutely. moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. While he's wa- he's listening to the show while he he's watches getting, Drew Carey, and he's getting hungry, and he's getting hungry. He's uh, he's getting a little hungry. 
Well, I know there's at least two people that like uh, the food talk, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do it. We'll do it. Toy talk. Oh, yeah. Do you ever find yourself buying Christmas gifts for someone else that are secretly for you, too? Yeah, I bought Andy a uh, PS5, Xbox X, uh, a new car for me, some men's underpants. Um, actually, I, I have done that before. Like movies, I think, would be the big thing. It's like you buy a movie and it's like, I want to watch that. Kind of like AJ in The Sopranos when he buys Carm, uh, The Matrix. And he's like, I'm going to watch your movie, Mom. Kind of like that. I've done it before, but I, I try not to make a habit of it. I have been doing this a lot lately with buying my dad Criterions. For instance, See? I picked up that Bruce Lee box set for him this year. Mm-hmm. Also, I have gotten away more use out of my wife's iMac, DSLR Nikon camera, and Roomba than she ever has. Well, Roomba is kind of like a house gift. Yeah, right? yeah. So I, I actually, I got Andrew some. Make sure she's not here. I got her. I got like some family gifts this year, but it's like it's like kitchen stuff. We need it, but it's like I don't want to give her just that because I made the mistake once, Jared, yeah. for her birthday. Uh, she really like she kept saying that she wanted a fire extinguisher for the house. I was like, all right, I'll get you a fire extinguisher, and I, I gave it to her for her birthday. And she's like, huh? Which I mean, <laughs> I understand now. It wasn't just that. I gave her some other stuff too. But now I know, I know, I know. Now I've learned my lesson that there are house family gifts, and then there are actual gifts. See, those aren't gifts to me. You just fucking buy that stuff. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you but make it, I, I, you make I it rain. You make it rain. You just you spend it. Well, I, I'm trying now. Just, I'm trying you, to make up for you, it. You want that thing? Just fucking buy it. Just buy it. Mm. Yeah. Well, Andrew has a hard time shopping for me as well. No. Because I usually just buy whatever I want, which is a bad habit mm. or a good one. Well, my, my approach, of course, makes it very difficult for people to buy things for me because no one knows what I actually have. I would never buy you something. Good. Not because you might have it, no. just because I don't like you. Right. That's fair. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly right. Finally, yeah. a quick little game to remind you all just how long you have been doing this show. RJ, okay. could you tell us what Past Creep Spine 1 and 42, The Last Wave, was about? And you, if you liked it or not. Yeah, it was about Aboriginal rights in Australia, and I, I do I did like that film. There was a lot of synth music. There was some shaman. Uh, there were some indigenous people. Uh, one of them was a lawyer protecting another one because I think there was a murder trial, right? Yep. I think he thought he was going to get me, but guess what? I actually kind of like that movie, so I, yeah. I vaguely remember it. There you go. See, that's not that's a that's vaguely. Now, I was recently uh, I've made these uh. Uh, public yet RJ mentioned this to you I made a list of our uh, our bottom movies for each of us oh, okay. on, on YouTube yeah. <laughs> and it's actually really interesting you're, a lot of your least favorite movies were all in the first like 100 if that first 75 the ones you felt strongly and hated in hating okay. no. well I think after 100 I, I, I adopted the who gives a shit philosophy where right. it's like yeah, now it's very obvious but, but then there was yeah. like that patch this this yeah. last year where it was like pretty rough, pretty rough going. Well, there is some like that. And I think like like even what Aaron Lang said, he expected Fat Girl to fall in that list for me where it's like, don't get me wrong. I don't support or like any of the things in Fat Girl. I, I try to, to do it. But uh, at the same time, my who gives a shit kind of kicked in where I was like, I'm never going to think about this again other than when I'm posting dank memes about it. Right. Which I will continue to do forever. So. 
But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. What about you? Are your movies also, or do you just have a, a, a scattershot approach of the movies you hate? Oh, it's, I mean, we actually like, mostly it's like, there's the movies that we both really disliked. And then there's the mm-hmm. movies that I have uh, issues with. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like, where I slyly bought a Christmas gift. I probably did that with my my dad with like movies when I was younger. Movies is an easy one, right? Because like, it's here like... you go, especially when you live. If you, yeah, like when you're living in the same house and you're like, hey, yeah. you like this movie, right? And now I watch it. Yeah, and then they watch it maybe once, <laughs> and then you're it's like, gotta... oh, what finds its way yeah. to my collection when I move out? <laughs> well, it's got to be something it... like that or a house thing because it's like you can't like. I couldn't get Andrea like size 11, like men's sneakers and be like, I know you've been wanting these. Oh, it's the wrong size. Damn. Well, I, th- I'm, I think, I've, I think once I bought my mom, my fair lady as an excuse oh, to basically never... watch it. Yeah. Cause well, she loves the movie oh. and she has like a doll. She's got dolls, RJ. Like, uh, it's, it's a sickness that runs in our household. Scary Being, dolls. Co- collecting. No. Doll well, dolls? They're, they're, I mean, I'm used to the dolls, but I mean, other people might be a little, disturbed by the volume of them i think this is making more sense for you as a person mm-hmm. this uh new development thanks for the time gents and have a great show ho, 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 ho. did he say ho 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 he or are you he saying did. He ho? Did. Oh, okay well i don't know with you sometimes it's hard to tell uh, next nice next up sam number two sam sanchez that's right yeah hey guys mm-hmm. Nothing really to say today outside of wanting to wish you lovely lads a Merry Christmas being the big religion boys you are. Also, just wanted to update the that last week I wrote about my lack of vinegar syndrome shipment yet, and it luckily shipped later that same day and arrived yesterday, you son of a bitch. Mm. So it looks like my Christmas weekend will be soaked in vinegar. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Well, it, it's delicious if it's like fish and chips. Yeah, actually, I like vinegar on lots of stuff. Like, uh, I put vinegar, I put a couple shots of vinegar in my chili because I think it gives it kind of a nice tang. Uh, Vinegar on, like, an Italian sub. Ooh, that's good stuff. Uh, Yeah, no, I like vinegar. I just don't like what he's doing with vinegar. Well, that that reminds me. You know what? I do not enjoy the words together. Salad cream. What is salad cream? I th- it's just salad dressing, but it's why do they call they, it? But, that? But it's English because they're English. Sa- Fuckers. Salad cream. Salad cream. Whoa. What? Is that not, <laughs> I, I don't know is that, that not how I, they talk. No. Crikey, as f- it's salad cream. <laughs> as far as the hardcore <laughs> film corruption that was added to my order, I've been meaning to order it for a while, as it's a Roger Watkins joint, and I believe. Has Last House on Dead End Street as an Easter egg. Correct. Hmm. Sam's number two. Uh, it is on there because they're supposed to actually put out a full version of it by itself one day. And they just put it out there to be like, hey, here's a copy of it. I think just in case things don't work out with releasing it. Something like that. But yeah, it still has not manifested. And that's like years ago now. Hmm. Hopefully, J-Dog has received his package already as well. No, did you? No, it is. But what's kind of cool in Canada now? Uh, there is a guy in Toronto who basically receives all the Canadian shipments, and then he organizes it on his end, and then he reships them out, and it helps keep the shipping costs down, and also provides a shipping number and gets rid of import fees. So you have to wait a little bit longer, and they have to do like an entire 
you know, weekends worth, probably like a year's worth of orders all in like two weeks and get them out to people. They do a very good job. It's just uh, what it, it's what it is. I guess if I was like really like I really want to watch this for a particular day, I'd be I can pretend to be sad. And there's like crazy people on the Vinegar Syndrome Facebook group that just bitch and complain. Where, has anyone else got their order shipped? I'm really worried that my order wasn't done. It's like, buddy, calm down. Yeah, I would tell all you guys to dial it back a little bit. I think um, I think you should all stop. Well, I starting I, with you. I do think though uh, they do a pretty excellent job in generating this kind of fan base where Criterion okay. doesn't really do much f- f- anymore. I feel like I mean you go to Reddit and it's kind of like, hey guys, this is what I got on my order, and that's all they post about. Well, yeah, and half of Reddit is just uh, pictures of their collections. I saw something that was like trending. It was some kind of like video about some dude's collection or something like that. I, I have five movies. <laughs> well, no, this was like an actual big one, but uh, and people were it had like a ton of likes. I didn't watch it because I don't. Ultimately, I don't give a shit. But uh, yeah, I know it's kind of. I mean, how is what we do any different? Because we're talking, we're we're cataloging it for ourselves forever. Because I know you're gonna listen to that last waves episode tomorrow. Because you're gonna be like, I want to know if I, if I want to go back. We mm-hmm. need to go back. I don't know. It's weird. Is what I'm saying. Are you, what are were you, you talking about? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Reddit criterion right now. Anything good on there? Someone's saying letterboxed account. Uh, is there any dank memes on there? Uh, yeah, I see some oh, baldness. You know, speaking of dank memes, I posted a few this week, as I do. And uh, problematic as it is, uh, there was a meme by uh, Oliver Granger. And uh, I, I I almost didn't post it because I was like, this is very clearly porn. But uh, I don't know. And then I did. And like a few people commented that it was also problematic. But here's the thing. It's one of our most liked posts in like a week or two because it's it's got nice looking girls oh and, i don't and, see and, and there's things, i didn't know and there's, and there's, and there's happen there's things happening rj there's there's definitely things happening i was just surprised i was like huh so a lot of people in me included because i was like i don't know oliver this seems a little porny to me but uh <laughs> you're yeah you're right there that is a lot of likes com- compared to some of the others it was uh it was performing well in the early lakes so you know what are you going to do? What are we talking about? Porn? Porno? Yes. Porno? Vinegar syndrome? Porno. Yes, porno. So, finally, yeah. Sam number one. Yeah. Oh, Slam Loveland is on here too? I, I just clicked on the video you sent me and it just started playing despite me trying to close it. Oh. I just decided, nah, you want to listen to this right now. I follow. No. Yep. Sam number one, Difficult Books. Hmm. Hello, creeps. House of Leaves. Good job to Jared on his immaculate Hebrew pronunciation. Couldn't have done it better myself. What what Hebrew were you doing? Uh, Hanukkah. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, Hanukkah. There you go. Just... <sighs> like you're clearing your throat. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to your episode on Trouble in Paradise where you mentioned Thomas Pynchon. I'm currently 200, uh, 270 or so pages into Gravity's Rainbow, and while I'm more or less enjoying it, it, it's kicking my butt. Are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm reacting to the email. Oh, I thought you were about to fall into your drink. 
No, I, I might no. That's over here. I was going the other way. I see. What's the mo- What's the most difficult book either of you have read, and were you able to finish them? On an unrelated note, currently at twenty horror movies logged this month, which I'm pretty pleased with at this moment. Anyways, have a good show, Sam. Slam, Love Machine, Loveland. Hell yeah, it's good to hear from him. Hey, Jared, what's a difficult book that you tried to make me read once? <laughs> you want to talk about that a little bit? Do I want to talk about that for uh, for a new listener at this point still? Because uh, we talked about this at one point. That we brought it up. We, we, we had this wild idea. It's crazy mm-hmm. idea that, hey, RJ, you know, since we're into artisanal expressions of, mm-hmm. of art... You know what everyone loves? You know what the, the world needs? They What's need that, they need two two boys doing a podcast where they're going to tackle that infinite jest. Mhm. Interesting. And, uh, and what, this was going to be done in a in a uh, concurrence with concurrence, the regular con- concurrent with a podcast. This was like yeah. a couple of years ago. Uh, RJ bought a copy of this. He ordered it online. Uh-huh. She rushed it. And uh, I had like kind of figure out a way to break it down into like hundred odd pages or something like that. Uh-huh. And I think we both got through our selection. And at the end of it, I was just like, who fucking cares? <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. We both got a hundred pages in. Cause we were going to do, we were going to do a hundred yeah. pages every two weeks or something like that. Yep. And uh, we were a hundred pages in. Cause we're like, well, if we do a hundred pages every two weeks, we'll be done in uh, like, I don't know, 20 weeks or whatever within a year. Yep. And we got 100 pages in, and we both were just like, fuck this. Yeah, this is <laughs> like, not... none of us wanted, and neither of us wanted to do it, which I think was the right call. Yeah, it's pants. We didn't need that in our life. No. Challenging books. Yeah, so that one was definitely tough. Uh, I And my reaction earlier was, uh, I've never actually met anyone that's read Gravity's Rainbow. I just think there's a lot of people who claim they read it. Same with In- Infinite Jest. I feel like there's a lot of people who's like, oh, yeah, I know that book. I read it. No, and it's like, I know do people, you, though? I know people who read these, these things. Well, no, yeah, and I don't doubt that he's They have far more patience. I feel like I'm a pretty patient guy. I put up with you every week. Mm, RJ. See? See what I, I did there? I, I, think it's a, I think you're a long ways away from being described as a patient or generous person. Well, I don't really give a shit what you think. And then, frankly, I'm done with the podcast. How's that sound? Are you happy? Are you happy about that? Yeah. Drink it up, you, you old <laughs> horn dog. <laughs> or whatever. But, yeah. I always hear... Uh, yeah, challenging books. Gravity's Rainbow. That's a good one. What do you think Thomas Pinchon looks like? I can't. I can't imagine. He's got a big over his head. I bet he looks like. Um, do you think Sean Connery looks like J.D. Salinger? Not yet, but give it another twenty years in the grave, and he will. <laughs> Is that what you're going for? Yeah. They're both dead, right? Or is Salinger still alive somewhere in the world? No, at like hundred and twenty. He is dead. Yeah, he's he's dead now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I only I, I read Catching the Rye like when I was like twenty five or something, and I was kind of like, I don't know. I was like, I feel like I should have read this a couple of years ago, and I missed it. You missed the, you missed the boat. Like, do you know what I mean? I feel like that book's really appealing for like teens. Not that it's like I, I'm saying that it's talking down to it or anything. It's like I think teens would uh, be able to relate to it more. And I read it like past that point where I was like, I don't know. It's so. I mean, I don't know. It depends on your background. Is you read a lot novels. What's are, my background? Um, science. 
You have a science, science. background. I, I, I think that's a very different. You're, you're, the type of books you're going to read are going to be different than if you're reading, like, if you're, like, an English major, you're going to be mm-hmm. forced to read a lot of this shit. I tried being an English major once, and uh, I didn't enjoy it very much. I took a world literatures class in my first year of university. Ooh. We, uh, and um, one of the guys was making fun of Canadians in Moby Dick, and uh, he didn't know I was Canadian. That's so funny. I punched him right in the asshole. Right <laughs> in there. Like, in, in at December? What? What do you mean December? <laughs> Never mind. What? What are we talking about? So uh, I'm looking through my novels. Yeah. That I'm trying to think of like ones I would describe as difficult. I think. You, yeah. What did you say? House of Leaves, RJ. Well, okay. So here, before you get in that, House of Leaves is the book that annoys me the most because people, everyone on Reddit, House of Leaves. Well, because everyone, because you're always looking at these. Uh, what are the best horror book horror books? It just pops and then, up. And it pops up, and you're like, "Why is yeah. this on every list? This book I haven't read." Yeah, it is. And then like, well, and then there's tons of other people that are like, "Oh, I couldn't read it. It was too tough." So it's either the toughest book in the world, or or people will be like, "You just really got to power through. It's the greatest horror horror mm-hmm. book of all time." And I just don't, I don't buy it. I'm trying to think of like, I mean, fuck, I did try. I tried reading Moby Dick. God damn it. I read Moby Dick. Uh, I guess fucking, what else, what I, else I, was in there? I just can't do it. <laughs> it. It was pretty tough. I mean, or like for me, like I don't know. Under the sea I have no. I, mean, I, I have no attention span though for this stuff Midline. anymore. Uh, I mean, you could check yeah. out some Alan Moore novels, like Jerusalem. Ugh. Hey, you know what? I you know the what's another of, tough one? Voice of Fire. He wrote. Fuck is those things. I mean, what do you think? Like, have you read Cormac McCarthy? I, yeah, I, and I did. It, it was. Which one? It wasn't, or which ones? I've read a few. I've read um, Blood Meridian, and I've read uh, fuck, I can't remember. I've read a couple of his stuff, and I do find them difficult. I don't find them very enjoyable reads, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay. Which is like, I don't know. I guess that's the reason I haven't read a, a bunch more. I think I've read two or three of them, but I feel. Uh, I feel. I find that. Dickens hard to read. Yeah. Is he? It's just too old like the english right it's hard to hard to get into a little too grandpa-y how about some yeah. of that Dostoevsky? i have um what the fuck does he have a book called like three brothers or something the, the brothers uh Karamazov? yeah i've read that okay um, you haven't read the idiot the idiot's pretty good i wouldn't call no. it, i would not call it a difficult read though i think it's like i mean i'm I, I don't know. I've read theory far more difficult than a lot of these books, but theory, fortunately, for the most part, is short. At least, like when you're re- doing readings in school. But I've not, you know, I have not read a full body of, say, Foucault or uh, philosophy, like straight, like straight up philosophy books. Oh, those are. I mean, those aren't novels, though. And I don't think that's what he's asking yeah. about. I've read some philosophy. I hate fucking philosophy. I think it's I think it's straight horseshit. It's right up there with sociology. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. So basically, the humanities can get fucked. Okay. Well, I like psychology, but that's that's not even, that's, that's a straight science. Mm, debatable. Straight science, better than the other ones. Hard, so. hard science. Yeah, hard stuff. Yeah, not nothing. Yeah. Nothing could be questioned. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And uh, who are you going to believe, me or someone else? Mm. Like, come on, <sighs> buddy. Think, fuck challenging books what are let me and look like yeah so i've got literature. like so yeah my, for the pinch and stuff i've uh 
I own like all his like big books, you know, Gravity's Rainbow, Vineland, uh, Crying Lots 39. Mm. I've got these books. Uh, v. I tried reading Inherent Vice and I only got 100 pages into it and I said, eh. I gave up. I give up on books a lot. Yeah. Because time's too short to read books that you're not into. Damn right. You know what's a book 49. that I've tried? Trying tried a lot to read 49, RJ. I haven't read that one. Okay. That's the one I was trying to remember what it was called. You know that book, The Passage, Jarrett? I've I've never finished that. I've tried three times. Is that like Cycle of the Werewolf by Stephen King? No, that's a good book. I like that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you like uh, Cycle of the Werewolf because that's um, Silver Bullet. I know. Have you ever, you ever read any Faulkner? Faulkner. I think I have, actually. The, what is that? F-A-L-K. The, the Sound and the Fury. Oh, no, I haven't. But I know James Franco's a big uh, mm-hmm. Faulkner guy. Well, that's his whole thing. Is like He was making those, uh, that Cormac McCarthy novel, like that short movie, mm-hmm. uh, The Child. He adapted the Child. No. Yeah, no, I haven't read that. But I have read Candide by Voltaire you know that one Whoa. is that a novel or is that a short story I don't know who gives a shit I remember being like shit. well I think that's a lot that's some emails oh yeah that's some emails should, should I emails? yeah but now we got mail so can you explain what uh, what's yeah, going on yeah, 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 not every day we get hey, physical mail yeah don't you worry so okay. RJ I don't know if you want to describe the size of this thing that now blots out uh, the light here in this room it's got a it's, big, big, uh, my name on there. Um, it's got Rob Eagle's mailing address, which I'm, I'm going to try to hide. So, yeah, this is... Uh, Don't was, hide it. Show show the people so, there so that, uh, so that they can you know. uh, uh, send him stuff. So this mm-hmm. says it's a Xmas carol or Xmas card. Uh, mm. I think it's it could be either. And uh, this this costs all of 20 pounds. Ooh, what is that in dollars? It's dollar it's, it's, it's not heavy. 40? It's pretty flat. I feel like uh, I feel like Rob Eagle needs to put the Christ back in Christmas. I don't know what this Xmas business is, mm. but twenty pounds. It is uh, very. Uh, so it's very fine, long. Fine. It's, it's, this well, thing, it's, but how wide is it? It's close to a rectangle, uh, square. But yeah, and it's very. Uh, haphazardly oh I, I believe that some of the packaging was uh he, i think he said it uh, arrived to him in packaging so i have to to play my hand a little early here uh, i did hear about this a little bit i think you, i think you mentioned it on the pod before yeah well i was contacted because uh like uh for mailing purposes um so before you get into this jared do yeah. you have any guesses as as to what might be in this thing because you've worked in retail it says it says an xmas card so okay. this does have the dimensions of a card. So you think it might be a gigantic card? Yes, but it's okay. got a little. It's a little heavier than a card should be, but it could be. No, could be. Um, should I just start cracking this thing open? Yeah, you can. Uh, you can crack it open, and I can kind of. I have no idea. Rob Eagle scares me in general, <laughs> so I mean. What do you What do you mean? Just I, I, I. I've seen some of the, the things that don't get posted. Yeah. So folks, uh, Jared folks don't and I. Know. People know Meme Week is the this global success, but people also don't know that uh, in doing Meme Week over the last couple of months, uh, we don't we also get uh, memes that um, 
I usually send Jarrett's way, and I'm like, what do you think? Should I post this? Yes or no? And uh, sometimes they're from Rob. A lot of the time they're from Oliver because he's always sending me porno memes. Uh, a couple of corpse memes. Um, there's been a few that uh, have needed to be vetted before I could. Oh, my God. Okay. okay explain so, what's happening. So I just opened up. Uh, I guess you can't see too well here. Let's see here. I can, so, I can see. So um, out of this package, there's, there's now a, a wrapped gift. Oh, the, he wrapped the card for you? That's pretty kind. Oh man, I think the, I don't know if it's going to come out without the wrapping getting torn. Be careful. This is a one-time thing. Oh. This is an audio podcast, so if anything visual happens, you, you blew it forever, I think. Forever and ever. Okay, sliding out. It is very... Okay. Oh shit, there's like foam. Well, he, he packaged it up right for you, bud. Well, he didn't want okay. you to spill it. I have stuff. now torn half of the wrapping paper off. Can it you is... see what's in there? Well, I want to make sure there's nothing in the bottom. So, yeah. Uh, it's half revealed already. But mm -hmm. I've, not, I've not seen what this thing is. Okay. Describe this to me, Jared. Describe how you feel. Oh, my Tell God. Tell me how you feel, buddy. So this is a... <laughs> Okay, I, I had a feeling at one point that this was going to be a, uh, <laughs> a stand-up. I, mm -hmm. I, I had a feeling that this was happening. <laughs> what is it, Jer? Uh... What do you got over there, bud? <laughs> or do you, would you like me to read? <laughs> why, would you, why would someone send this so funny? Would you, do, you, do you want do, me to read the see? response? Do you see? Do you see? Oh, I do. Do you see? see. Do you see this? Do you see this? Do you yep. see? This? And then oh, oh, I see. Oh, oh, look at this. Look at the oh, look at the legs. Interesting. What? Interesting. Am I? Jared, can I uh, can I read a message to you that I I received earlier today? To describe uh, what you're looking at here, and for the people at home. Yeah, go go right on ahead. Okay. So, Mr. Rob Eagle, yeah. uh, global uh, listener here, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, sent me this. Trolley, and should I, I'll try to do an English accent. Oh, no, I won't. You, no. Crikey. All right. Uh, <laughs> Trolley and eBay, I stumbled upon this and was perplexed as to how having no interest whatsoever in wrestling or indeed sport of any kind, uh, I knew the name CM Punk. <laughs> After much uh, bracketed, frankly worrisome soul searching, uh, I finally realized I heard the, his name on the podcast. The Criterion Creeps have certainly broadened my cultural horizon. Yes. Uh, it occurred to me that with RJ's data poster. Yeah, that's right. That one right there, Jared. With RJ's data poster, uh, only 50% of the creeps have their very own life-size hero figure gracing their home. An injustice that simply would not stand. Unlike Mr. Punk, uh, who you'll notice is equipped with his own stand. Yes. Uh, RJ assured, I kind of butchered the timing on that. RJ assured me that you'd uh, absolutely love to proudly uh, display Mr. Punk in your home. Mm -hmm. Quote, it will be a Christmas miracle. Yeah, he said. it would really tie the room together. Astonishingly, uh, mine was the one and only eBay bid, so I guess it was fate <laughs> that you should have oh, him. Man. I can't believe it. RJ further assures I me 
that he'll check every week to make sure Mr. Punk is uh, resolutely standing behind you during every show. Uh-huh. Uh, as RJ should I put says, it up right? I should, I should make sure I put it up then. You should show. Yeah. RJ says forever and ever and ever. Uh, on a festive note, I'll wish uh, all creeps a very Merry Christmas. Don't get all mushy on me now, Jarrett. Uh, and that is from the sincere postings of uh, Mr. Rob Eagle. And uh, I just got to say, uh, it is it is just breathtaking what is going on here. Like, uh, I think that I think we're into some really special territory on this one. Very special territory. So, Jerry, uh, J-Dog, Yo. I've just kind of been monologuing for the people here and uh, explaining. I, I, I could hear the headphones. Oh, OK. Yeah. So uh, Rob Eagle finished up and uh, he just honestly, he just wants you to have a good one. And uh, I, for one, fully support this. I think it's great. Well, what do you it, think? It's. I mean, if you notice his uh, straight edge X's on his uh, wrappings, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, X must. Wow. Maybe, do you think maybe because, you know, there's always been a mystery of what CM Punk means, the, the CM in punk. Maybe it's Criterion Man. Oh, punk. I'm glad you took that approach and not the uh, what was Oliver Granger's review of uh, that movie? C.U.M. Punk or something like that. Oh, that was, was mine. That your review. That was mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That's one come, of the same guy. Come, come punk. Come. Uh, yes. Interesting. No. Interesting. Uh, well, well I, I like this. And how, how do you feel? You're you're in a, an elite group of people now. Only some people have life size representations at, in their mine. Mine is bigger. Yours is which is uh, always true. Wow, the commission is going to be on board tonight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm glad you like it, uh, Jared. <laughs> Lo- people at home listening, he, he is just lit up with uh, like <laughs> what I could only describe as joy, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I, I will say that it had crossed my mind. It's like, is this a stand-up? <laughs> because uh, you have well, experience with stand-ups. I, I do. We have uh, we've had many a stand-up come through the comic book store, which this was delivered to, and I, it crossed my mind. I'm like, nah, no, it can't be. And then uh, I kind of forgot. When you were saying, what do you think it is? And then now it's like, oh, yeah. CM Punk is now a part of my life. Wasn't he always, though? Wasn't um, he always a part of your life? I, hey, actually, when we were talking about wrestling, he was like the one guy that probably kept me paying attention to WWE at the beginning in yeah. 2011. Mm-hmm. When he, he had a really like forgettable match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania. And being like, this guy, there's something about this guy. That's pretty. Was pretty his interesting. match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania, or was that part of the uh, the other? It was project? at it was at WrestleMania, not okay. not on the OnlyFans account. Not the OnlyFans one. No. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's pretty terrific, Jared. And uh, Jared's just uh, cat chronicling this for him right now. Would you like to uh, post uh, about this later, uh, like a, a nice crisp picture, or do you want me to handle this? Oh, I can I can send you. Or do, or you can do, send do, me do, some. Do you have the eBay listing? Uh, I might, um, I don't know. We, we might have to ask Rob Eagle. He will, what time is it right now? It's 7.30 PM. So in about 11 hours, we could hear back from Rob Eagle and uh, we could post about it tomorrow. I also don't want to spoil, uh, for the listeners out there, the surprise and post a picture 
too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, like I said, I, I did know about this a little bit, but it was just because uh, for mailing purposes. And uh, Rob Eagle also said he did set it up at his house because he wanted to, like, make sure that it was in good condition. And uh, <laughs> he said uh, he he forgot that he set it up and he was on his way to the bathroom. And then he said, thankfully, I was on my way out, or thankfully he was on his way out of the bathroom when he saw it again, because uh, if he was on his way to the bathroom, he may have uh, had an accident. So, right. Because, you know, because it was pretty spooky. And then I think he said he, he turned it into a corner, but then it just looked like Josh from Blair Witch like, oh, it, standing in the yeah. corner. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm thrilled about You're, this. Oh, I think it's great. It's great. I think it's great. Huge. It's huge. I'm uh, and you you seem genuinely happy as well. So uh, I think this is a good one. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, we just need we need some actual. We need like a life size a life size wharf, but not a poster or standee. Like maybe uh, an impersonator, a guy who can just stand in the background who looks like wharf. Well, yeah. I mean, your uh, left shoulder is very unoccupied now. That's a good point. What do you think should go up there? So we got data on one end. Do we? What about Quark? Quark would be pretty cool. Quark or Worf, or both. It's or both. Me, I'm sure there's some uh, images of them both together floating around there. Mm-hmm. Especially but, in the slash community. Oh yes, oh yes. But uh, yeah, I uh, I like this. Well, this is good. Th- th- thank you, Rob Eagle. <laughs> many many thanks to Rob Eagle for, uh, for you know for, making... for this for this Xmas card. Well, I think like. You know, people are pretty down this year, Jarrett. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Mm-hmm. It's almost like something bad happened. But uh, I think this is this might bring some oh. Christmas cheer. This is a Christmas miracle punk. Christmas miracle punk. No, I see what he did there. I think there's there's layers to his message that uh, I'm not even picking up here. I don't even know if he was aware. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm glad you like it. And uh, <laughs> man, Mary, who said? Wasting wasting countless hours of your time for a podcast would never amount to anything, Man. right? Mm-hmm. Indeed, Look who's indeed. laughing now. Look who's laughing now. Hey, RJ. Yes. Thanks for all the emails, folks. Well, RJ, what you been creeping on this week? Yeah, thanks for the emails, uh, dudes. And and, uh, uh, and, uh, and dudettes. Ma- and, and males. Males, dude. Well, I think male, dudes. Male. Males and females and male in general. Dudes is gender neutral, right? Dudes? Yes. CM dudes? No one wants to be called a dudette. Yeah, no dudes is dudes. Yes. Uh I watched a pile of fucking movies this week, my man. Mm-hmm. A pile. So I finished up work on the 18th uh, last Friday, and so I was like, um, you know, just fucking living life, man. I didn't watch a ton of Star Trek, which I know you're going to be disappointed in. But uh, <sighs> yeah. it's because I've had more home time. So uh, a lot of these movies I watched with Andy. And you know how, like, her me and you sometimes we go through kicks where it's like we're really into this at the moment like remember that serial killer kick we had like eight months ago Mm -hmm. and i still have all those movies you pulled out for me that i never actually watched yep because the kick ended uh you gotta go you gotta strike fast uh Mm -hmm. so she's into a sports kick right now and especially the underdog or not even quite the underdog but like the well that's that's a pretty rare movie to come across I know. Well, I do have a, I, I have a pile of um, of other ones that are like some of my favorites kind of stocked up, but uh, we did watch some of those. 
Uh, first up, we, I, I did rewatch Awakenings, and uh, I won't talk about it too much, Jarrett, because I do think, and uh, Penny Marshall might come up again next week. I was going to watch a video of their own this week, but maybe next week. Uh, Awakenings, I think, should be a Criterion film. I think that movie is very good. Very good. Because psychology is real, just like love, but not art or sociology or philosophy. So I'm not going to talk about Awakenings too much, but I think everyone should watch that bad boy. Know I, what I mean, Jer? I watched something with Penny Marshall this week. You did too? No. What did you watch? Um, I watched season one of The Simpsons. Oh, interesting. Someone yeah. did want us to do a Simpsons rewatch. I, uh, well, I I guess I'm doing that kind of. I, I, uh, I've got I got something on while I'm doing minifigs. Well, there you go. You know what you could have been watching? This isn't a sports movie, but this was one that kicked it all off because Andrew's also been watching Dave. She, like Andrew really likes stand up. So she's been rewatching Dave Chappelle stand up because that's a, you know, old standard. So this movie popped up on my radar, which I have seen before, but uh, I forgot about it. It's called Screwed from 2000 starring your friend, Norm MacDonald, our oh. friend, Dave Chappelle and Danny DeVito. Do you know this one? Yeah, because was this um, Norm MacDonald's follow-up to Dirty Work? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Dirty Work is a very good film. Screwed is not super good, but... uh, (laughs) You know what? I I don't know if either one's actually all that great, RJ. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, Jared and I both agree, Dirty Work is really good. You can can notarize that right now. He said it. Uh, Screwed, do you know this movie, Jared? Vaguely. So Norm Macdonald works for like a really rich lady and uh, she doesn't treat him right. So uh, she, uh, he, him and his buddy Dave Chappelle have a plan to kidnap her dog for ransom. Uh, but the dog gets out. They set the stage and there's blood everywhere. And uh, like they don't kill the dog. He bleeds and they set a ransom note and then they leave. But they forget the dog and uh, they think that he was kidnapped like uh, him, the chauffeur, the butler. So uh, then it becomes that where it's like they think he was kidnapped, but he's just with Dave Chappelle. And then they get Danny DeVito, who is like a mortician to dump a body because they want to keep the money. And like, and to, like, that's one of my favorite expressions. Dump the body, dump the body. Well, they want to fake his death. So they're like, find a corpse that looks like me and dump it. And then uh, then we can keep the money. This movie's pretty wild, man. Like uh, it did some stuff that I was like, like, you know what's going to happen, but at the same time, some stuff happens, and you're like, huh, I didn't think they were going to do that in this movie. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's totally watchable to pass the time, but it's not a good movie by any means. High praise. High praise. Hey, you want to hear about a hitch pick? Yeah, our new fr- oh, yeah. Our, our new best friend. Are you, I, I just I'm surprised he's never come up before because I, uh, I yeah. watched a lot of movies at Hitch's house, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of movies. One of his favorite movies, Jared, Coach Carter from 2005. Sports. Sports. A legit favorite Hitch pick because uh, this movie has a uh, rotating set or like a circuit. What's the right word? Ro- uh, not rotating, but it's got a consistent soundtrack. Every like two minutes, a new song plays, and every two oh. minutes, a new new rap song plays. It's like the rap music. I told you he used to wear those tracksuits. And uh, this the soundtrack for this movie has got to be like 45 songs because uh, there's a lot. So Coach Carter, Jarrett, have you seen this film? Nope. This prestige format film? Nope. Never? Never. Jarrett, would, it, uh, would you be interested if I told you that Coach Carter was two hours and 15 minutes? I would be as interested as I was before. Well, I told that. Uh, this movie could be 90 minutes. <laughs> 
I know. Well, I, I did message my buddy Hammy because he was on board with a lot of the hitch picks. And I was like, holy shit, dude. I was like, did you know Coach Carter is over fucking two hours? And he's like, it takes a long time to change lives, RJ. <laughs> I was like, it's a good point. So uh, Sam Jackson goes to a, uh, like, struggling, uh, I don't even know, like, urban school, I guess. It was the school he went to, and they're not doing very well anymore. Their basketball team kind of sucks. Channing Tatum is on there. Uh, there's some other guys. There's a guy named Worm. Everyone remembers Worm. Uh, and uh, you know, Jared, he's going to teach the boys about uh, basketball, but he's also going to teach the boys about life. Hmm. So uh, he's kind of a tough, uh, tough love kind of coach. And uh, you know, uh, I think on the other end, they uh, they grow a little bit because of it. Coach Carter. Coach Carter. Not bad. It's not bad. Uh, and then I watched another Hitch Picks, uh, Remember the Titans, which is a movie I think I've seen 50 times, <laughs> potentially. Because <laughs> uh, I played football in junior high and high school, Jared. And yeah. whenever we would go on the road, any ride that was uh, even in, oh. say it was a 40-minute bus ride, we'd watch half of it on the way there, half of it on the way back. So I've seen this movie probably 50 times. Not even kidding. Uh, and, you know, Remember the Titans isn't bad. Uh, I do think it's it's got some dated stuff in there now. They mean well, but uh, some of it you're just like, oof. <laughs> you're like, I don't know about this, man. But uh, football. Am I right, Jared? <laughs> mm-hmm. It is football. It is football. Football content. It's got your buddy Ryan Gosling in there. Wow. He's a he's a criterion uh, hunk, right? Not really, but no. cri- people who like criterions, I'm I know like Ryan Gosling. Right. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm flying through these, whatever. Uh, then I watched Hardball, which is another uh, hitch pick. I got to take this as a, as a hitch pick. Do you know Hardball, Jared? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I also have, I saw Remember the Titans in theater, RJ. Oh, yeah. And do you have anything to say about Remember the Titans? <laughs> Forget the Titans. Wow. Wow. I, don't, I can't believe you did it. No. It's funny, Will Patton is in there, but uh, after watching Swamp Thing, I just think to see Will Patton with his accent, where it's like, total soup. And you're like, Will Patton. What do you think about uh, segregation in uh, high school, Stuart? <laughs> I beg your pardon? Was it, that's what this movie is about. Hardball? Uh, well, remember the Titans. Hardball, I mean, is also about uh, complex race relations. Keanu? Uh, yeah, so, hey, Jared, did you know that Keanu Reeves is not a good actor? I have heard that people thought that people speak of that. And I know, I know people get mad because he's like a nice guy. It's like, I agree. I think he is a really nice guy, but he's honestly not really a good actor. Um, or, or is he miscast? I think he, this movie, he's a hundred percent miscast. I don't know. Cause so hardball, he plays like a, a deadbeat, like a gambling addict who gets in debt after debt. And then, uh, to repay a debt, he has to go coach. Um, some guys paying him to go coach like an underprivileged, like, uh, it's like part of, I, I think in the movie, they describe it as like a projects kind of thing, like a projects baseball team or something like that. The Cucumbas. And it's like a 12-year-old kids uh, playing baseball. But I do think Keanu is a little miscast because he's got real spaz energy in this. He just spazzes out a lot. And he's like kind of nuts. And it's like, I wonder if they Nick Cage maybe would have been better for for that. Oh, yes. He's, I mean, he's one of the great actors. I Well, he's one of the great spazzes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, Keanu goes and he, uh, you know, he teaches kids a little bit about baseball. And then, you know, maybe he's going to teach the kids a little bit about life. Jared? A lot of, about life. A lot of life lessons here. I know. Uh, Diane Lane is the heartthrob, in case you were uh, curious. Um, and then what else happens in this one? Uh, a kid gets shot in this movie. Good. So we have uh, we have some uh, child death. Uh, DMX plays, and uh, it is it is real good. The DMX scene is there. Has there ever been a time when DMX is playing where it's not good? Do you know what I mean? So Hardball, high quality film, mm-hmm. high quality. Uh, and uh, then the I do like this tagline: "The most important thing in life is showing up." That's not really the message in the movie, though. Because like, it's not what the poster says. But that's not even what the movie's about. I guess they're trying to say like Keanu Reeves because like sometimes he doesn't show up because he's really flaky. So it's like as long as you show up to be part of the kid's life. Do you know about G-Baby, Jarrett? G-Baby? Yeah, there's a character in this movie called G-Baby. He's a little kid. Do you know about him? No. <laughs> so I uh, I googled Hardball uh, when we were watching this movie because I was like, oh, what's that guy's name or something? And they, uh, the most... Uh, <laughs> The most frequently Googled thing for Hardball was like, does uh, what happened or did G Baby actor die in this like after this movie? So just a spoiler for this movie, Jared, G Baby is shot and he is killed. And apparently a lot of people went to Google. They're like, did they actually kill him for this movie? (laughs) Because they're just like, huh, I wonder if they actually shot that kid. It's like, yeah, I think this uh, early 2000s Keanu Reeves movie really shot a little kid. Hey, you ever heard of Invictus? Yeah, I've heard of Invictus. Uh, crikey. All the Granger's back. And Josh Frazier, South Africa. Um, I've never actually seen this film, Jared, but mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I was like, I think that's like adjacently uh, about rugby in some way. Right. And it is adjacently. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit about rugby, but it's also mostly just about Nelson Mandela. And and this film's tagline, his people needed a leader. He gave them a champion. Well, yeah, he gave them the team. So do you know what Invictus is about? Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Damon? Matt Damon plays the, uh, South Afri- the South African captain of the rugby team. Oh. And uh, so it's all about Nelson Mandela when he got elected president and how his big thing was, he said, our country is divided and we need to bring our people back together. Party, Lada, Nelson Mandela. That's his voice, right? So uh, his idea, which I mean, allegedly is a true story. And it's like, I think this did happen. I don't know if it played out the way they said, but uh, Mandela's like idea was, is like, what if our rugby team wins the world cup? Will that bring the blacks and the whites together? You know what, Jared? I think it works. Huh? Well, if this movie is to be believed. Well, uh, some popular reviews on this film. White people cure apartheid with rugby. In the end, the only person who loses is the film's audience. That's a half star of 60 likes. That's not bad. And Adam Cook writes, All this film amounts to is a collection of Mandela motivational speeches interspersed with some poorly choreographed rugby bits. There is no real story here other than Eastwood goes to great lengths. This is a Clint Eastwood movie. Yes, it is. Um, I which, didn't know. which, of course, is um, 
Awesome. Uh, goes to great lengths to tell you how wonderful Mandela is all the bloody time. Shame he didn't think about the story or characters or anything else that might make an engaging movie. The more I think about the film, the more I really disliked it. The only saving grace is Freeman's portrayal of the president. Somebody should have told Matt Damon that the film was set in South Africa and not South Queensland, though. I was yeah. half expecting the uh, the end to finish with the line, and South Africa lived happily ever after. Erg. Says that is how it part. ends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what I thought because I didn't realize it was Clint Eastwood either. But like, I was like, we were like half an hour in this movie. I was like, is this thing just about Nelson Mandela? Because I feel like there's an in- more interesting story than what he did with his rugby team, allegedly. And then uh, it, it does show rugby a little bit. It's not great sports uh, watching. And then also uh, the stadiums and stuff, like it's all like CGI crowds, I think. It looks like it. And uh, like that's kind of junky. Uh, but like Clint East, I don't think anyone's praising Clint Eastwood for his action directing. Uh, you know, if this was directed by Mel Gibson, now I'd, I'd like to watch that. Do you know Clint Eastwood's most popular film on Letterboxd is American Sniper? What? It's not the highest rated, but it's the most popular. Followed by I, I, followed by Gran Torino, followed by Million Dollar Baby, followed by Unforgiven. I would not have guessed that in that mm, order. No, me neither. Uh, but but uh, yeah, this, by this, by rating, uh, it changes up with Unforgiven as number one. And uh, where does where does Oh Invictus falls greatly because it was like eight or something there, maybe eleven. And now it's all the way down at like twenty five. Down down right beside the mule. Oh yeah, that uh that, that did great last year, hey? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it's not great this movie. Fuck. It's kinda like it's it's what you expect, but there is some weird stuff like because Man- Mandela will show up places and do quotes and then like Invictus is based on that poem that uh so the only reason I know this is Andrea has an Invictus tattoo that she got before this movie came out, Jared. I always make fun of her. I'm like, Oh yeah, you love this movie so much, but she had never seen it either. Uh and it's like that poem. Uh and so like Mandela says it in this movie, but never in one go. It's just like every twenty minutes it's like dial like voiceover of him kind of saying a verse do, or like a stanza. Do you remember the movie The Fifteen Seventeen to Paris? I think so. That sounds familiar. Is it's it with about, is it Clint Eastwood? Directed by him. Um It sounds familiar. Not, not like a lot the of, title. Not a lot of star power in it. But yeah, this 15... is like yeah it's like two years ago yeah oh yeah 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 i remember when it came out i i thought it looked kind of junky but yeah it's it's his least popular movie Hmm. not a perfect world it's it's even it's even below the rookie which Hmm. i which i gave one and a half stars to which might be uh if it's got one scene that's pretty incredible one one, sports movie no it's a a charles sheen movie though i am seeing that no i'm seeing that Anyways, anyway. I think it was I think you and Hammeet always uh, or maybe it was Hammeet would always remind Andrew that Invictus is what Timothy McVeigh said. That bomber. He was the Oklahoma City bomber, right? Yes. Yeah. He was really big into the Invictus poem as well. Mm-hmm. Apparently. So great. <laughs> All sorts of jokes. Yeah. Invictus isn't great, but uh, they did cure uh, racism. Whew. It seems they did it. Well, they thank, did it. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I do. Would you like to hear about any of those movies in more detail? Nope. 
Okay, would you like to hear about Star Trek? Yes, please. All right. Oh, actually, and you know what else? Uh, just, I don't have a ton to say, but uh, uh, one of the other things, um, because I'm on Christmas break, I picked up uh, the old game uh, controller there, Jarrett. I started playing a video game. Really? Yes, I didn't mention that to you, but I did send a snap to a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, uh, which was uh, responded with extreme hype because uh, I'm playing his his favorite game franchise, Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. which I know is one of our uh, one of our great OnlyFans donors, uh, Mr. Lawrence Krychek. That's how you pronounce his last name, right? Sure. Yeah, just like X Files. Uh, I know he's a big fan uh, of the decoy octopus and things like that. So Metal uh, Gear. Metal Gear. Uh, I have played Twin Snakes. I played that a couple years ago on GameCube. Yep. Uh, and I don't. Um, I got a PS3 secondhand from like uh, my sister-in-law a couple years ago, and I only have one PS3 thing, and it's the Metal Gear Solid Collection. That's the only only games I have for it. So uh, I dug into uh, Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty. I'm uh, two hours in. Oh, okay. So you're on the what is big the shell. Person? Big shell, right? So the first, uh, the first one was ta- or the first part of, or like the first hour was tanker with a snake okay. going through the ship. So oh, you okay? Then it I was jumps yes, to the big yeah, shell. yeah. I, I didn't want. I, was, I couldn't remember uh, what the name of the first thing. Was. I'm like, is that the tanker? And then big shell is like, is the big shell the tanker? But no. Yeah, I think it's called plant. Like, so when you start the game, there was two options. You could do tanker or plant separate, and then there was tanker plant together. And I didn't know what any of that meant, but I was like. I guess I'll do the one that's together. So uh, huh. tank. So I did the first hour of Snake, and now I'm second hour. I'm uh, on the big shell with uh, Raiden. Yeah. Raiden. Uh, and he he's encountered uh, um, Mr. Pliskin on uh, the big mm. shell. So uh, it's getting uh, the story is already pretty complicated. Revolver Oc- Ocelot showed up with uh, oh, yeah. Liquid Snake's arm, and yep. I was like. Wait a minute. And then uh, a guy named Vamp just came. Some yeah. Romanian vampire. Oh, yeah, like, buddy. I was like, a vampire? Vamp. Oh, yeah. Oh, I and fucking... I, I, I played a lot of MGS, too. Oh, so you actually played this one. I know you watch have, a lot of cutscenes. No, I've actually... I've, I have played this game twice. Okay. And is this your favorite in the series, or just the one you've played it's, the it's, most? It's the one I've played the most, and I don't know. I never got too much into Snake Eater. And the fourth one I played a few hours in, but again, like I just wasn't feeling that style of game. Okay. Um, the stealth thing, I was. Yeah. I mean, you, you you have to stealth. And I was like, I don't know. I want to go kill things. So yeah, I'm more of a Bioshock kind of guy, I guess. Sometimes I gotcha. Yeah. See, I'm more of a platformer to myself, to be honest. Mm. So this is a kind of a, a change of pace for me, but I I do like it. The only thing I'll say, and uh, I don't want to enrage uh, Metal Gear simps or anything like that, but uh, I find the controls to be a little clunky, and uh, I think that that's intentional. Yeah, I would say to that... a point, like kind of like Resident Evil. When you go back and play some, of when you stuff, go back, it's pretty. Yeah, no, I, that was one of my experiences. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I. Yeah, you got to get used to it. As a 30-year-old man playing a PS2 game, like it's not bad. It's like it's it's not, it's actually it's not too bad, but some of it is like okay, it's, it's it gets game. a little frustrating cuz you're like like you're like spinning and you're like going up and down and you're like, "Oh, your controller flexing that thing in half." Oh, buddy, let me tell you. Uh, see, the thing one of the things I've been creeping on this week, RJ, yes. is uh I've I've cracked open a little emulation 
What? Are and, you playing a video game, and, and, Jared? Uh, I am uh, on my way to go kill Mother Brain in Super Metroid. Uh, as, wow. as, a, as upon uh, just before I had to record this podcast. So you're playing a little Super Metroid, eh? A little Super Metroid. How, uh, how far in are you? Like halfway I'm through? I'm almost done. Just started? Like, I'm, you're I'm, almost I'm, done. I'm going to go kill Mother Brain again. Well, so Super Metroid is uh, the game. What is it like? Four hours, six hours, or something uh, like that? Eight. It's about an eight-hour. Eight. Hour eight? Game. Okay. Yeah. I I, I, yeah. Was, I looked it up because I was curious. I'm like, how far am I? I don't even know how far I'm into it. But yeah. I'm at the I'm in that range, I guess. Of uh, I, I'm exploring, you know. Yeah. Metroidvania style. Oh yeah. Well, we use that. Uh, what you probably saw too that uh, website, how long to beat, which shows you how long they are too. Mm. But I, I played Super Metroid, I think, just before we started the podcast, and it's a. Uh, that game holds up. The soundtrack to that? Ooh. Oh, it's really good. You, you know what fucking Ooh. sucks? What? Wall jumping. <laughs> fucking, Wall jumping's tough, man. Fucking hate it. Fucking. Yeah. Oh. Just get the game genie in. I, I already did that. Don't you worry. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I got myself yeah. some slow fall, and I just went, Whoop, and uh, <laughs> done. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, wall jump. Because yeah. I, I also don't know if it's um, trying to play it on a ps3 controller and Mm -hmm. i feel like the d-pad on it is not it doesn't have the right snap to it right and so you you gotta be able to like hit that wall and then just when samus is in position yeah go the opposite direction you tap i I can get there to a point but then it's just like fuck i fell god damn it and that's when when you you stumble you fall the whole way flicks in the controller and you're just like i'm gonna Mm -hmm. or you start going i'm gonna put my fucking foot through the wall (laughs) because this is some old school gamer rage i haven't felt that for a while oh yeah well so like the controller flex thing too like uh when uh when ryan used to live in lethbridge a couple years ago we uh we played through all the donkey kongs together which are games i played tons of times dkc yeah little donkey kong country and uh, like he was like, I've never seen someone like put so much strain on a controller before b- between me platforming some of those levels, like just snapping it in half. But it's it's high, it's high intensity. It's high stakes. Oh, Jared. And those are not easy games. No, they're not, man. Fuck. Uh, what is it? The uh, the thorn maze in oh. DK2 where you're the parrot. That level is fucking tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's real uh, tough. See, I genuinely challenging platforming. Don't remember if I ever. I think I beat two. I know I yeah. played it. I'd never played three. I don't think though. Three's not as bad as everyone makes it sound out, but one and two is where it's at. I've beat them all a few times, but yeah. they well, are extremely yeah. challenging. And, well, games. speaking of uh, all-time great scores, uh, Donkey Kong Country's got the best. Oh, oh yeah. My, sometimes when I uh, when I used to be working like on uh, papers and stuff like that, I would just throw up the DK uh, soundtracks and like, oh my god. Fuck, it's good. Would you it's put on? Stuff. Would you put headphones in and like pretend you're swimming around to the underwater Just music? The wa- under the na, underwater na, music's. Na, 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 na. Fuck, it's good. It's good stuff, Jared. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. See, we could do this now, and like I know I'm watching Star Trek, and I don't have a lot of time, but that's why I was like, you whatever. Let's we're regressing. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're regressing. Yeah. But yeah, as a as a 30 year old man. Playing Metal Gear, my the controller's a little clunky for me, but also that I that might just be me. Where like as a kid, you could dump a whole weekend into a, a single level, and you're like, "Fuck, whatever." But yeah. now as an adult, it's like time is an issue. I think once you get through two, though, when you start snake eater up, it'll it'll, it'll, up. it'll well, it'll be easier to get into it because I think my problem was I tried going into snake eater after playing a First. bunch of other games, 
and you go yeah. back to that and you go what the fuck and you have to relearn yeah. like how to play metal gear all over again and it's um yeah it's frustrating but on the flip side i'm trying to think of like what was i messing around with what am I thinking of messing around with? A little bit of uh, Team NT. Uh, Turtles, Turtles in Time. Time. Yeah. Turtles in Time is great. Actually, it's great. I, it's, uh, there's some tough levels in that one, too. We'll see. We'll see. There are. There's some tough levels. I mean, in that yeah. One. I remember, like, beating that when I was a kid, but I was, like, a lot better at video games when I was a kid. Like, fuck, I uh, mm-hmm. I tried playing a, like, years ago now. I tried playing Street Fighter 2, like, Arcade yeah. Edition or whatever, like, on PS3 that I had downloaded. Oh, man. That game was it's just tough. beating me so bad. I was like, well, I, was, and that's... I got really good at fighting games, and now it's like gone. Well, that's what I mean. Where it's like you could uh, you could play a game for a weekend and play single level for three days straight, and then it's like, yeah, you did get good at that fucking game. But I can't do that anymore because I feel bad for like the time that's lost out of that. So that's why I play games on easy now, and I don't uh, I don't feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. I need as... I need the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a time. Last couple of games I played where I was just normal or hard. Like, I think the last game I played hard was like one of the Arkham Knight games. And I was just like, fuck. I was like, I'm putting down so much time into this thing just to try to challenge myself. You know about those raspberry pies? What rasp? Oh, uh, I know about. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Those uh, those are like your build your own like uh, emulators, right? Kind of. Per- yeah, I mean, they, 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 send you a, they send you a board and a case. Yeah. And then you have to kind of download the stuff that all exists and there's instructions and you can take your ROMs and just mm-hmm. t- toss them on there and they'll play. Um, Donkey Kong Country does not look great though on a modern monitor. Mm. Oh, well, you what you need, what, like Ryan Nagel has, uh, he, he could tell you better than I could, but he has like one of an old monitor. I think it used to be CRT. used as like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that would definitely improve uh, the retro game experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. So, uh, well, I mean, I, I know you know Metal Gear, and I know there's some listeners. I think, what was it, two years ago, I was like, should I watch all Dragon Ball Z or play Metal Gear? And everyone was like, Metal Gear. And I watched yeah. Dragon Ball Z yeah. anyways. Yeah, you, you really uh, stuck it to the fans. <laughs> no no one cares. No but one cares. Uh, I, I am going to try to go through it this time. It's, and like you said, well, I'm going to try to do it while I can still and not get, like, put too much time in between and forget how to play so uh in the set i have has two three and four mm-hmm. so the newest the fifth one i'd have to get uh, some other way but that's a that's a long time from now yeah so. i so after playing some super metroid i was like oh i should just because i actually still own a box copy of metroid yep. and i was like i'm gonna play a little bit of original metroid again and fuck original oh. metroid's pretty tough yeah i i don't think i mean other than nostalgia i don't I mean, yeah. I, don't, I haven't played a lot of 8-bit games for a long time. Maybe it's, like, so much better than a lot of other stuff. But I'm like, I still don't really love this game at all. The, but but Super Metroid is just, like, so well-designed. But Super I, Metroid's I, I, great. I also yeah. forget, like, how late it came in the cycle. Because it's, like, 1994. Metroids are always late. Like, well, I mean, Wii U didn't even have one. Uh, Switch probably won't have one. But yeah, Metroid games usually come late. It's yeah. kind of like Zelda. Zelda's like always the swan song of one console and then like yeah. the the starting game of another console. It's, yeah, it's, worked, it's worked out that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it makes sense, right? Like the launching game of a new console, you're going to want a main a main uh, game like uh, Zelda or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 8-bit games, like any of those NES games, those are be- like 
a really good way to get into those two because those games you do get like bored of it after a little bit but if you like get up or meet with a couple people not covid and you have like a pile of them and you just play each for like 20 30 minutes and you just kind of cycle through make a night out of it jared treat yourself never get good at it never get good at it but we don't have time for that anymore right no, no we don't so raspberry we're all we're all 30 year old men we're all 30 year old men so you were talking about ROM, but do you, is there another Space ROM Knight? that you know of? ROM Space Knight? Space Knight? I was going to talk about uh, Quark, 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 Quark's Nephew? Uh, Quark's Nephew is Nog. Nog, oh, I'm sorry. ROM, brother. ROM, brother. Yeah, you want to talk? I mean, you can uh, if you want to keep talking about games, I, I gladly talk with you. Can, can, I, can, does, uh, can I install ROM on my Raspberry Pi? I think so. Okay. That's how it, hey, you know what? One thing that I like when I was really when I was in the middle of TNG, I was like, where are all the Star Trek games at? And there's oh. apparently like two that are okay, but it sounds like a lot of them are just shit. Uh, it's like, What's yeah, so it could be a great strategy game. Like there is the one for oh, it was like Starfleet Academy. There's one I heard of, I think, called Conquest for, like, maybe Nintendo Wii, which was supposed to be good. And then there was one other that was sounds okay, but I can't remember Shit, what it there, was. There was only four Star Trek DS9 video games. How many TNG ones were there? Uh, I think at least more than that, because I've, I've played those. And the one's got a terrible ending, too. Yeah, like, it sounds like, by and large, most of them are not great. But... I feel like there should be because it would be like and it'd be really easy too, like a really good strategy game, you know, strategy, strategy games strategy. like Fire Emblem mm-hmm. but for Star Trek. But so it would just be ships, I guess. Well, you could do you could do a mix. You could do like sh- ships like that and then you could go into an actual action game as well. Or a platformer. I don't know. Dos, Super Star dos, Wars. Dos, style. Dos, dos, dos. Wow. A lot of computer games. Like a fuck ton of computer games. Mm. Secret of Vulcan Fury cancelled. Console, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. So I know Conquest. Oh, they were going to make a Star Trek V game and it was cancelled. I can't believe it. Oh yeah, there's 25th Anniversary, which I definitely played. And then that's like original series. Um, And then the next generation there was Future's Past... And Echoes from the Past. Okay. Uh, the Game Gear and Game Boy had Beyond the Nexus. Ooh. And then there was, yeah, there's Starfleet Academy, Starship Bridge Simulator, which uh, a friend of the show, Lawrence, and I watched or played. Uh, was it good? Uh, once you figured out what a, a boy was when you're 11, you're like, what's a boy? What do you mean a boy? Like a B, literal B, boy? B B U O Y. Boy. What is a boy? Uh, like a buoy? Yeah, a buoy. Oh, okay. Because it's like, what is this word? <laughs> like, I've never seen this in my life. Oh, and, I see. And it's like, what is that? It's like, you gotta find a boy. And you went, what kind of boy? I have to find a boy? <laughs> Dan, it's like, why, is, why, why, why are they spelling boy wrong? Hey, what's up with this weird spelling on boy? That's yeah. weird. Yeah, boo-oy. What's a boo? boo what's a boo? Burns. What is a boo-oy? I was saying boo-earns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, PlayStation had Star Trek Invasion. Ooh, was that good, do you think? It looks horrible. Sounds about right. From Activision. 
developed by Warthog Games. Activision or Actium Jackson Maximus? I don't know. Do you think he works on games? I don't think so. Damn. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention uh, one of the other reasons uh, I was in Metal Gear is uh, to get to know um, Hideo Kojima a little bit better. Spirit Gamer himself. It's just interested, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Want to get to know uh, what their thing, their thought pattern is a little bit better. What's the name of that Kojima game? That's like the Blade Runner knockoff. Snatcher? Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, it's Snatcher. And there's like police knots. I don't know. I've never heard of it. Sounds mm. interesting. Yeah. Way back. It's w- not Metal Gear Solid Two. Nope. Well, then there's <laughs> then there's Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go go deep into the into the into the into the into the mythos. Yeah. So this, this thing's got all those. <laughs> so what, what? Uh, Deep Space Nine have you watched? Oh, baby. Okay, I only got four episodes for you, but that seems that seems okay. Why? Well, I, I how, how are you? You got to finish season four. I will eventually. Maybe. What do you mean maybe? Do you think I'm going to stall out? It could, it could happen. I've been doing but nothing but watching Star what, Trek. What if almost? Eight. I exactly. So at any minute you could stall out before we get to the point where I can start watching it with you. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. So I, I uh, from where I picked up last time, four fourteen. Uh, horny Gall Ducat. Three out of four stars. Mm-hmm. Also, Klingon spread disease. Seems problematic. And <laughs> Return to Grace. This is a yes. yes. My notes include, this is an indiscretion follow-up, which I guess must be an episode called yeah. indiscretion. Ducotting yeah. it up again. I guess this... Uh, oh, yeah. I guess this is the episode that marks the over-the-halfway mark. Up Deep Space Nine. Oh, interesting. Half, interesting. Da- half down, half to go. Mm-hmm. Um, looking ahead at episode one sentence synopses, it fa- looks like everything gets better. I mean, it might look like that, yeah. potentially. Just remembering now, all of a sudden, that my dad watched a lot of Babylon 5 after work back in the day. <laughs> And this just kind of pieced you together on yeah, that? When I, was, when I was watching this episode, I guess. Okay. I made a note of that. That's fine. I smell an intentional provocation and, quote, leaving someone behind to tell about it. Nope. <laughs> there's there's things that happen. Okay. Plans, evil schemes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the movie you – or the episode you were talking about, that's the one where Gal Dukat goes to kill his daughter with the Kira yep. and then doesn't. So when he brings her back, he's reprimanded by the Cardassians, and he is, like, demoted, basically. Right. So now he's running a freighter, and uh, he's making the freighter as imposing as he can be, basically. <laughs> and uh, just so happens, Kira Norris, she's she's on board, too. Because there was this thing, like, because of Bajor and Klingons and the Dominion, she needed to be there as a representative or something like that. But it's a pretty good episode. And it all starts out with, I think, uh, there's a disease spreading. And it's like the Klingons brought a disease to uh, this quadrant or something like that. Which I found, like, kind of funny. But also I was like, hmm, I wonder what they're saying here. So, uh, yeah, it's not a bad episode. It's pretty good. Pretty good, Jared. Okay. Uh, four or 15, Worf kills Candyman. 
two out of four stars. It's not bad, but it's not great. Uh, Sons of Mog. Yes. Yes. Tony mm-hmm. and Todd. Space Mines. Yep. Yeah, so uh, Worf's brother comes to DS9. Finally, Cisco chews Dax out for her Klingon fetish. So what happens is Tony Todd comes to DS9 to uh, confront not, Worf. Not, not in Jake form? Not in, not in Jake long finger form, but in uh, Worf's brother form. Yeah. Uh, and basically, uh, he's just like, he's like, you've, pr- you've pretty much ruined us for all of Klingon home planet. So he's like, you got to kill me. It's the only honorable thing to do. Mm-hmm. So he just wants to die, but Worf... Worf tries to do it, actually, but then uh, the DS9 people interfere because they're like, no killing on this ship. But they're like, but we both want this. And Anyways, uh, then you get some landmine action, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's, like, landmines in space, and they have to, like, pilot around them. It's not a bad episode. It's just, like, I gave it a two out of four because it's, it's okay, but it's not quite um, – It's not. it doesn't hit the, the, the thing you – doesn't hit where you think it's going to go with a Worf Kern episode. So it's okay. It's okay. I don't remember Cisco chewing Dax out, but it could have happened for, uh, cause she's all over the place. Like I said, her character is all over Bashir too. I've noticed that in these last couple episodes, Bashir's all over the fucking place. It's like, is he weird or is he like charming? They don't know what to do with him. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to say about that? Nope. episode? That's it. Yeah. It, was, it was a yes, I guess. Yep. It's- yeah, not bad. Uh, four sixteen. Jimmy Hoffa unionizes DS nine. Slash O'Brien has assist. Two out of four stars. <laughs> uh, this episode is entitled again. Ba- not bad. Bar associate. This yep. is a yes. Yeah, it's not bad. Lita, remember her from almost a year ago? Airing, yep. airing wise. Oh, or when it uh, when the air like when the last airy. time we saw her the, when they yeah. aired the episode, yeah, um, that's it's been a while since Lita was on. Yeah, it's been a bit. And then unions, Nausikins mm-hmm. playing darts with themselves. Uh, there is some darts in this. Uh, so like the Quark's bar unionizes, led by Rom. Ah, trouble. So Jimmy Hoffa, the Irish Rom, the Irishman yeah. unionizes. And then, uh, yeah, so he does that, and then people are, like, serving themselves, and Quark has, like, hologram versions of him waiting people. Okay. So I think that's what you mean by that darts thing. I guess. Yeah. Uh, what else happened in this one? So they unionize, and then, like, I don't know, there's a weird subplot where uh, O'Brien has a cyst on his back that needs to get re- removed, and I was like, why is this in here? I don't understand. <laughs> And then, like, there's, like, fights between, like, I don't know, Worf and Bashir because it's like, are you crossing the picket line? And you're just like, okay. All right. Uh, 417. Did Keiko cuck (laughs) O'Brien? Three out of four stars? Also, Bajoran's clap weird. Also, quote, unquote, he is the Cisco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, this this is a pretty good episode. Okay. So I have a fuck ton of notes on this one for some Whoa. reason. So right. this is the accession. Yep. Uh, or sorry, just accession. This is a yes. Yeah. Keiko. Wow, where did the actress go? Because she hasn't been on the show forever. So she went for a year to Bajor because 
there's this weird thing. It came up in like for a second. She's like, I know I've been a teacher, but my real my real life dream is being a geologist. Right. So she and it like to... comes out of nowhere. But they, but they wrote she goes the, to Bajor. But to they wrote the actress out basically because she they wrote her she, out. she wasn't available. So I think yeah. that's why I uh, wrote. Oh, uh, Jane Espenson wrote this. Who's like one of the Buffy writers. Okay. So this is like early on in hers. Yeah. Um, hmm. If a mess of pseudo-Islam types started saying I was their new prophet, how would I handle it? Okay. Okay, hold on. Uh, so Keiko, she comes back after a year, and she's like a couple months pregnant. And I was like, wait a minute. She's been gone. And like they try to like write it off, but I was like, wait a minute. What's happening here? And then, okay, the Islam things. It's because uh, Cisco is uh, he's deemed the emissary because like from last season. Yep. So all, all the Bajorans still see him as like a uh, like a holy man. But now a new new man enters. Yes. So uh, I made a comment. Is Starfleet under a one child policy? Miles until now. Worf. Cisco. Oh, yeah. There's no one who has brothers. Nog is a single child. Yep. I think is that just like a practicality thing when it comes uh, to like casting and they only oh throw him a kid because Beverly Crusher had only Wesley one yeah yeah this is the first that we have multiple kids oh. of a, like an actual character like a consistent character in the show fuck yeah Odo call the whack jobs out <laughs> oh so uh. He he's going to talk to Kira because this new guy comes back and he's like, I've been in the wormhole for 400 years and like everyone knows him. And he's like, I am the emissary, not Cisco. Yep. And so Kira's like, he is the emissary. And then Odo's like, but everyone thought Cisco was the emissary. <laughs> and uh, Kira's like, yeah, don't think about too much of it. It's religion. Yeah. And he's like, do you understand that the very like the very occurrence of this is a contradiction to the thing as a whole? And she's like, she like kind of doesn't really acknowledge it, but oh, then yeah. she, but then she gets weird. But, but then Kira out the airlock. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's there's a little tension between them, Jared. Mm-hmm. A little tension. Um, I write, lol, back to the cast system. Your shitty pants, supernatural shit, shit sure can turn around and fuck you in the ass. <laughs> yeah, so this guy goes what back to the word, cast what, system. What a wordsmith. <laughs> This whoever oh, yeah. these are. <laughs> you are uh, people say if anything, you are definitely um a bad guy. Uh man, Kai Wynn in the mix here will rage me out. And then I'm like, was was Louise Fletcher like available? Because she's not there in this episode, which is weird. Because you they mentioned that... her. Yeah, but you're like, well, yeah, it's just one of those things where like you start noticing like, why is this character not here? And you're like, oh yeah, this is old old timey TV where it's like, oh that actor's not available this week, so we'll just write around them. Even though story wise, it would make sense to have Kai win. It would have made sense, but yeah, she was busy. Uh, the first mention of Kai Opaka in ages, and there she is. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of Bajoran characters. In Cheating. She only shows up in one other episode, as an orb shadow. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, there's like prophet ghosts in this. Yeah. So her and Mike get to battle it out on a shithole in the Gamma Quadrant forever. Uh. Yes. Yes. I like the O'Brien getting his family back and adapting comparison to 
200-year-old poet shows up and everyone is to go back to life as it was when the poet lived. Yeah, so, like, yeah, he comes back. He's like, we should all do what we were doing 200 years ago. And everyone's like, but... And then they're going to remove him from, uh, like, Starfleet or, like... Or not Starfleet, but the uh, Federation, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. They're going to speed run it? Well, yeah, because they're like, we're going back to old ways. It's like, yeah, but then you're not going to be eligible for this anymore because you have a caste system and it's not allowed. And they're like, well, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then wormhole 95 graphics. Uh, There's some pretty sick Windows uh, XP graphics on this thing. Pretty sick. Uh, 95, my friend. This, this, oh, this, not this not Windows XP. No XP Vista. <laughs> this is before that. Windows. This is this is hard ninety five. Not even ninety eight. Just Windows ninety five. No. Yeah. Um, and then yes, the Cisco is now a thing of Bajor. Yeah. So the prophets call him the Cisco, and they're like, "But is he the emissary?" And they go, "He is the Cisco." Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Oh shit!" God damn. What does that mean? Is that it? Is that it for DS9? Uh, yeah, that's all I got this week. It was a light week, but it's because uh, video games and movies, hitch picks. Mm-hmm. I know you like hearing about Coach Carter, baby. We have eight episodes left in season four. I know. I'm going to try to get them done. Depending on when we finish tonight, I might get an episode in. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking ahead. Anything good? Mm-hmm. Probably not. There, ooh, there is a no. There's a no coming up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A good one. Oh, sorry. Two no's. <laughs> Two no's. Oh dear. Uh, well, I'll get there. Oh dear. It's a Jared episode. I'll get. Oof. Mm-hmm. I don't like Jared episodes. Well, you know what? You know what that means. It's one. It's one that I would not watch. So I have no idea if it's good or not. Problematic. Mm, you'll see. Uh, well, that's fun. Video games, DS9, cr- Christmas, burritos. <laughs> it's CM, been a week, CM man. Punk. You got any, CM Punk. Any news you want to report on, RJ? I don't know. Everything seems like a shit, you know? Yeah. All these film people are trying to sue the company so that their movies are released in theaters, and it's like, whatever. I just, yeah, whatever. it's like I have no, I have no horse in the race. Yeah, I just don't care. It's like I don't give a shit. Whatever. I'm going to watch it at home instead. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can't even watch Wonder Woman 84. Well, not in Canada. No. I, I, uh, no, I, I'm saying I would, but I, I wouldn't probably. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would. Well, I just, I don't know. Uh, hell. I just, <laughs> I just, don't, I just don't know, Jerry. Nick Nolte over here. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It, Affliction's a Christmas movie, isn't it? It's cold. It's a cold movie. Takes place during winter. That's enough. On a farm. A farm. Good. Yeah, yeah. I I got no other news. Uh, Oh, hey, guess what? What? (laughs) Uh, Because a Blumhouse is going to come up later. uh, I see that David Gordon Green is remaking The Exorcist because apparently only David Gordon Green and Hellraiser. Yeah, he's like, hey, and Hellraiser. He's the filter of us. Like that, that Halloween movie. Like, man, when are you gonna watch that thing? <laughs> fuck, I don't know. Like when it's when it's like available with ease, I suppose. And I'm in it's the on mood. Grief. Eh, that's not good enough. That's not enough for me. 
it is literally on a streaming site that you have access to. Ah, but I have to also have the drive. Yeah, I just I that movie makes me it makes me laugh so much when that doctor is going around and is go inside. I'm a doctor, and it's like what? Mm-hmm. Fuck, it's goofy. Mm-hmm. It's goofy. Yeah. So, anyways, I saw that and I was just like, ugh. I was like, get someone else. Get someone else. Oh, you know what else? Chat my ass this week. What? So I don't watch that Mandalorian show, uh-huh. but I might. Oh. I might. And I know spoilers are unavoidable. Yeah. But like, one of the actors involved was like, he made a post like a week after, and it's just like, he? which actor? Um, a man. Okay. So well, that's a spo- I, what if I didn't know? Well, yeah, I was gonna say spoilers because I know I know there's a couple people listening who do watch it, but like an a Star Wars actor made a post on their like social media, and I don't watch this, but their post is just like it is like can't believe that uh, this news didn't leak uh, any time in the last year. It's like we did it, and it's like and if you're a spoiler out there, shut the fuck up. And I was like, but I didn't know you were in this show. But now I do because you made this post. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so you essentially are the spoiler, Jarrett. Me? Well, the person who made the post. Oh, <laughs> I see. They are the spoiler. Right. So it's like, and like, I don't really give a shit either way, but it's like, they they like made such an effort to be like, fuck you spoilers. But they're like, it's like, but you're doing it, mm-hmm. bud. No. Anyways. Well, it's all, it's all fake anyway, so... Well, art isn't real, buddy. Well, Star Wars this is particularly not real. Remember when Neil deGrasse uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, "This is why we can't have Star Wars because of this science," and everyone's like, "Shut up!" Oh, Who so fucking cares? I don't even. It's not even kind of supposed to be real. No, it's it's fantasy. It's, Space like the, fantasy. It's never ever tried to be real, and he's like, "This is why it's not real." It's, it's like we know. It's, it's, it's fake, just like Apollo thirteen. Hey, you know what I used to have a standee of when I was a, in fucking high school? Tom Hanks. I had an Apollo 13 standee. Tom Hanks and uh, the other two. Bacon? And, uh, yep. And I would set it up uh, like when people would stay over at my house. I would set it up around like wherever they're like they were sleeping, like just kind of in the corner. Wow. I also had a CPR dummy and I would set that up when people were sleeping too. Hitch was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. It's got... And Bill Paxton. Yep, Bill Paxton was on it too. All your, three of them. Your favorite actor. I, I found it at a garage sale. It was only like ten bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "You're selling this?" Ed Harris and Gary Sinise. Roger mm-hmm. Corman is in Apollo 13. I know. It was a cool standy, but it uh, it's uh, it, it got some rough miles, so uh, it couldn't be salvaged uh, at the end of my tenure. Oh dear. In high school. So, what are you gonna do? Dark dark well you want to talk about a, a criterion movie on the criterion podcast what's that um i don't know it's like this movie about los angeles and people and how what's we all, see it's like weird like you know i i received by like total chance a standee and you're mm-hmm. talking about a standee of a movie that i just randomly picked out of thin air and it's like That's we're all true. interconnected it is uh well um it's like poetry Jarrett. it mm-hmm. rhymes yep exactly mm-hmm. after the break um it's just like poetry you know it's, does it's, it rhyme it's just the little moments in life you know that just just make things 
caving in a woman's head with a rock. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. Damn it. Hey, spoilers. Chris Penn's dead. In real life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Sorry. I'm sorry I broke the news. Rolling down Imperial Highway. The big nasty red out of my side. Santa and the winds blowing hot from the north. We were born to ride. Sunglasses off now. One more question. How many clowns can you fit in this car now? When it comes to you and me, that's the way it's gonna be. If you share my point of view, I'm the woman made for you. When it comes to push a shove, if you're holding out for love. These are strange people, honey. To hell with love. And we're back. 
This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Shortcuts from 1993, directed by Robert Altman. And there was a special request by co-host RJ mm-hmm. to read the tagline. And, and yeah, I'd I'd like to I'd like to kind of contribute my part. You know, people are always asking. It's like RJ, how come we know that you're doing all the editing and all the behind the scenes? It's like. Uh, it's like, but Jarrett's getting too much, too much time in the sunshine. Here. Too much so, shine. Uh, too much shine. So here's a here's a tagline and a synopsis. Something wonderful has happened. Number five is alive. After a lightning bolt zaps a robot named Number Five, the lovable machine starts to think he's human and escapes the lab. Hot on his trail is his designer Newton, who hopes to get Number Five before the military does. In the meantime, a spunky animal lover mistakes the robot for an alien and takes him in teaching her new guest about life on earth wow. this is a uh, short circuit from 1986 mm-hmm. uh by uh and uh, starring steve gutenberg pretty good i i was surprised this was in here this week but i wasn't gonna question it wow you know yeah what john badham huh was that worth it no no okay well, I'll let you do your thing then. You know what? I, I was honestly confused at one point. I was like, are we watching Short Circuit this week? And I had to look it up. And I was like, oh, we're not watching Short Circuit. We're Again. Not. Again. Again. Why don't you tell me about the, uh, so the synopsis from the, Letterboxd? The more accurate synopsis tagline. Tagline first. Okay. <sighs> Shortcuts raises the roof on America. Jarrett, mm-hmm. can you tell me what that means? Well, I know what it means, but when I first read it, I went, what? And I went, is this the 90s? Is this like, because when I think, raise the roof. But mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> the shortcuts, that movie doesn't have black people. Uh, there is one. There's a couple. There is yeah, literally a couple, and then they yeah. leave. And then, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I was like, because that would be something you'd expect with like a, I don't know, Friday or something, you know? Uh, I've seen all the Friday movies. And yep. uh, I, I do that, believe that, someone does say Raise the Roof in one at one point in one of those sure. movies. So, but I believe that this is, the idea is that it's like the movie raises the roof and exposes what's going on under the roof under- of America. Well, what's going on? I, I, well, life. What did they life, do? Life goes on. Life continues. And, uh, um, yeah. So I think that's, it is not one of the better taglines, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, that's strange. Raises the roof. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that when I was planning out my long, gestating, short circuit joke. Mm-hmm. It paid off big. Yeah. Many loosely connected characters cross paths in this film based on the stories of Raymond Carver. Waitress Doreen Pickett accidentally runs into a boy with her car. Soon Mm -hmm. after walking away, the child lapses into a coma. While at the hospital, the boy's grandfather tells his son, Howard, about his past affairs. Meanwhile, a baker starts harassing the family when they fail to pick up the boy's birthday cake. That's... There's a little bit that That's remains one thing. Wanting. That's like half of one of the stories. Yeah, that's a thread. Yeah, like it's basically the thread about the kid, but that's it. Yeah. But he's 
him and his family aren't uh, him and the dad from X-Men who hated all the mutants. They're mm. not the main point of the movie. No. It's also uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's dad, played by Jeremy Renner. Oh, not in real life, though? No. Oh, so the guy who played the senator in X-Men is, wasn't actually Jeffrey Dahmer's dad? Last I checked. Well, but maybe in like the sort of like leave extraordinary gentleman way, it all yeah. is true. Yeah, you can't say for certain, right? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can't say for certain. So, Shortcuts. Uh, this is a movie yeah. I watched on a rental from Blockbuster back in probably 2000. Um, I think because I heard about this Robert Altman guy at that time, mm-hmm. and I was probably looking at you know Roger Ebert's uh, reviews on suntimes.com. I would see that he gave this movie four stars. I think he... Out of what? Four. Four out of four? Four out of four. Okay. And uh, it was probably on like some best of lists of the year for 1993. And so when I was going back through, I'm like, I'm going to watch all the best movies of the 90s. And uh, oh, look at that. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, Armand, Armand White said this was the best movie of uh, 1993. Armand White said that? Yep. Gene Siskel and- said it was number two. Peter Travers had his number one. Surprised Hebert didn't have it in there, but uh, from 1993. 1993. Jared, do you know what some of the other films that came out in 1993 were? Uh, you can go ahead and tell me. Jurassic Park. Yep. Schindler's List. Yep. Dazed and Confused. Yep. Groundhog Day. True yep. Romance. What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Mrs. Doubtfire. Hocus Pocus. The Fugitive. Philadelphia. Sleepless in Seattle. In the Name of the Father. Carlito's Way, The Sandlot, Demolition Man, Super Mario Bros, mm. Conehead, Homeward See, Bound. Hell of a year. Hell yeah. of a year. Hell of a year. TMNT3, mm. Back in Time. Yep. Lots of good stuff, Jared. It's good, good picks, good picks. Ninja Scroll. So I rented this and yeah. watched it way back when, and I liked it. Um, I guess my memory of it was like, well, it's really long. And to Mm -hmm. sit down and rewatch this movie would take some sort of like reason to do so. Even though it was like, it was a movie I I have thought about, but my memory of it has faded so much over the last 20 years, like specifics. Um, I guess the biggest thing on this rewatch though, is just like how star studded this is. Like it is a snapshot of like, all these actors from the nineties that still have careers to this day to various degrees, but man, like you have, who's your favorite of the, of this batch? Yeah. Of the, of the cameos or uh, small roles in this film. I've always liked, um, Lily Taylor. In what way? Like in a romantic way? Not in a romantic way. I like her work in like, I shot oh, yeah. Andy Warhol shortcuts mm-hmm. Her appearance in Six Feet Under. The Haunting? Mm, less so The Haunting. Okay. I liked uh, Tom Waits. Oh, not to be confused with Ron Perlman? Not to be confused with Ron Perlman or not to also be confused with Lyle Lovett, which I know they're very similar. Well, it's like... They're two, both made they, out of clay. They both got singers. Clay. They, clay, like fired clay? Well, have you seen Lyle Lovett's face? It looks like... It, he like, looks like looking, that he's Lionel Richie video with like the clay... No, that dude's face is like no. Nah, he looks very he, manufactured. No, he's like a he's like a gentle Naturally. scarecrow. 
Yeah, naturally. I don't think he had work done or anything like that. No. But uh, okay, so like Taylor. You know, I thought her and the lady who plays her mom. I thought that they were <sighs> mother and daughter in real life. But, but the, the lilies. Yeah. Yeah, because and that's what I was like. I think both their last names are Tomlin. Because and Andy watches with me, and then I was like, and she's like, really? And I was like, well, let me look. And I was like, oh no, I was like, they're both named Lily. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, they they kind of um, run in the same movie circles. I feel like like they're yeah they occupy they would you could definitely see them being in movies interchangeably. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so shortcuts. Again, my memory of it was fake, but I knew it was like this kind of sprawling tale of Los Angeles, which some might even say is a another character of this film. Oh. <laughs> Do you have anything from Los Angeles's perspective, Jerry? <laughs> uh, I have wonky, flickering font during the opening credits. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan of that, but, uh... but it, and it was a kind of like zoom in over the like kind of this big buildup. Um, some might say. I mean, so this movie's got this heavy lifting thing going. Like, it's it's a it's an anthology almost, but it's like um, interconnected stories of characters interspersed with one another, a la you know Magnolia, which is also a Los Angeles story of multiple characters. That one has like more of like a thorough line of like this is like a like a lot of the connections is this is a family, and sort of the branches that come out from this. This is like there's like there are siblings in this story and a mother and daughter, but mm. there's not like a, it's not like a patriarch thing that's kind of running through these siblings. That are if there was, what would it look like? What would it look like? A no- or who a, would be the head patriarch in shortcuts? Like Christopher Plummer, J- Jack. Someone. Oh yeah. No, he's, okay. he's, I mean, it's all, it was all there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. No. Um, continue. So, but again, a lot of the details had left me. But I do like. I was like, "Well, Lovitz is in this movie. I can't remember what he does. What does he do in this?" And then I'm like, "He's the he's... baker." Then I remember, and then things start popping back into place. I, I for some reason remember a lot more Tom Waits, and I remember him pretty well playing a completely different character than this kind of what like did you think he sad was? drunk limo driver. Mm-hmm. I, I just in my mind, I was like, "Oh, I thought he was so. I thought he was really cool in this." But in this, it's like, no, he's just this. Uh, Sad loser. I thought he was cool. I I, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I like Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. I think he's cool. He's just having a good time, man. Yeah. I mean, Order so and tuna melts. Yeah. So when you're talking about shortcuts, it's kind of difficult to like talk about the plot because there, there, there's basically this the characters. I say a plot. Yeah. Rob, Robert. Robert. Well, you finish. You you do your thing, and then I'll do mine. Okay, that's fine. Um. Uh, I kind of uh, was startled by the appearance of the recently deceased Alex Trebek. Yeah, me too. And because it's 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 immediate. It's in the first like five minutes, and there's such attention drawn to it. It's Alex Trebek. Well, oh, wait, shit, what's what's Trebek. what's fascinating with this is because he's the only celebrity that that is seen in Los Angeles in this movie, right? Like, there's no other. Yeah. Like, like there's oh. mention of uh, Roseanne. Yes, there is, but that's it. And it's kind of like a fat joke too. Kind of, yeah. You know? But yeah. yeah, Alex Trebek is the only genuine celebrity, you know, outside of the actual actors playing the characters. But like, they, they don't see anybody, which is like always the thing in Los Angeles where oh, you just see people everywhere. Mm-hmm. But well, do people say that? I think that's why people go to Star Spot. Oh, do you think it ever works? 
I don't know. Maybe they'll see that talent in the gleam of your eyes. You're waiting at that table or bussing, bussing tables, clearing, cleaning plates, and people go, hmm, I really like the cut of their jib. Ooh, do you think people do that in Creepsville with us? They're like, I bet I can see one of them. <laughs> yeah, maybe. If I try hard enough. Maybe. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so for instance, what are some of the characters that we see? We get Tom Waits, who's the limo driver. Um, he's delivering some. A, a doctor and uh is it matthew modine or it's just a different doctor i don't know if it's because i i if, if, I, if, I thought of it if it's him and julia Moore. me too i did but i don't think so but it, may, it would make sense that it is right it should be it should be not, but you but you barely see them yeah, and they're I, kind of passed out on top and, of each other yeah and there's no like line about like oh i can't find my stethoscope <laughs> I, I mean, probably for the best. Probably for the best. So it might, it, it probably is them based on everything else in it. And it's just like, oh, they just pass through one another's lives. Mm. Uh, his sometimes wife, his uh, on again, off again partner, uh, mm-hmm. Lily Tomlin. She is a waitress at a kind of like a truck stop diner type deal. Uh, yeah, she's just like a diner waitress. Yeah. Just working and, with uh, she, you know what? She's doing her best. She's trying real hard, and mm-hmm. sometimes people just give her grief, and uh, you know that's not yeah, fair. Yeah, they they just want her to get the butter. What's in the butter, Jared? Oh, butter. Butter's in the butter, but there's oh. there's something else there. Her bending Jesus. over. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Um. So, oh, to go along with that wonky flickering font, we're also uh, given some Mark Isham score, which what? what how does the score go, RJ? Yeah, there, there you go. Very uh, early '90s jazz. I, I think he also. I think he. I can't remember which movie it was. Maybe Coach Carter. He did the score for another movie I watched this week. Maybe it was Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. But mm-hmm. yeah, when I saw Mark Isham again, I was like, what? It's like, or maybe it was Awakenings. That's probably more. Yeah. Oh no, wait. Awakenings was Randy Newman. Okay, whatever. You you do your thing. I'll okay. keep looking into this. Uh, one sec. I'm just trying to find the actor's name. Oh, uh, Bruce Davison. So, uh, <laughs> Senator Trask. Uh, he is, oh, yeah. in, in here he's pretending to be a newscaster um, yep. in Los Angeles doing the report. And it's kind of like the snapshot of very 90s-ness of like death, destruction, plague. All these things are going horribly wrong. I, I, I'm not sure if he's like, like a Tom Brokaw type or if he's supposed to be more of like a oped guy who's just giving a he's like he's like a moderate it's like this is the way it was yeah and and he's married to andy mcdowell who i don't think i've seen in a movie in modern times for a long time but she was like kind of like the epitome of mom core i think of, because of multiplicity uh is she in that there you go and she plays yes. a mom right andy mcdowell she go to yeah, she's not a so watching this too because I know Andy McDowell and a lot of stuff and watching this movie I was like, I was like I don't think she's a good actress. Really, she's not very good. At, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the bakery scene at the end, I was like, hmm. I don't know. I think you're. I don't well, it's okay. We can disagree on this. Let's okay. keep going. Okay. So okay. So yeah, she's married to him and her relationship. So basically, like that's her story, and then they have a son. Mm-hmm. And eventually, yes, as recapped in the synopses, uh, 
her kid goes to walk to school and he's just walking around willy nilly like a six year old does not looking across the street, just running out and gets hit by a car as uh, Lily Tomlin's character is returning home and she tries to take him to the hospital, but the kids, I'm going to walk it off, <laughs> walk it off. Uh, I'm not supposed to get into cars with strangers. Um, and you're like, Oh, that's not going to end well, is it? <laughs> Well, you feel for them in that scene because she's trying to help, and then he's just like, "I'm not supposed to do it, man." Yeah. And I, you, you do. I felt for them both. I was just like, right. "Man, man." We have Tim Robbins as a cop, a Los Angeles and a, cop, and a philanderer, a sexually aggressive cop. And I gotta yes. say, I think he plays to the type pretty well. Where it's like. Uh, because when you see Tim Robbins, you're like, oh, Andy Dufresne, mm-hmm. my man. But uh, and I feel like you don't think he's going to be like a dislikable uh, person, but he 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 does mm-hmm. a good job. I think mm-hmm. it's there's a lot pretty, of, he just rolls into it. A lot of loafy hair in this movie. Oh, we got some quaffs mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So Big time quaffs. He is married to. Oh, I'm on Andy McDowell's Wikipedia page. That's oh, I didn't I recognize his uh, his his wife in this movie. She's been in other things, but I didn't recognize her by name. Oh, Ma- Madeline Stowe. Yeah, I, I didn't know who yeah. that was. And so, and so her sister is played by Julianne Moore. Yes, and what does Julianne Moore play in this movie as a profession? A is pa- it similar to a profession she's played in anything else, Jared? A painter? Oh, yeah. Julianne Moore, the artist. Yes. She's just always the artist. Maud uh, in, from Lebowski. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like she's like that in other other things too. But mm-hmm. yeah, so she's a sister. And who's her husband, Jarrett? She's married to Matthew Modine. Well-liked Hollywood guy, Matthew Modine? Mm-hmm. Star of The Dark Knight Rises? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And he's a dick and very, like, jealous. And... Is he? seems to be of a lot of things you know aggressive and who are they friends with uh well they're supposedly friends with the the kane family which is played by fred ward and ann archer fred Mm -hmm. ward is a guy who likes to go fishing and his Mm -hmm. wife is a professional clown and i gotta say i think the inclusion some of the uh because there's a few movies like this, right? Like, you know, these weaving stories and the things. I actually kind of appreciate the professions of some of the people in this because, like, the the clown, I was like, hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, I haven't really seen that before. It feels like I'm watching a Jean Roland movie. I know. And then anytime, uh, anytime I see um, Fred Ward, mm-hmm. it just kind of makes me smile. It's like, hey, that's Joe Dirt's dad. Or it's Tremors. Or it's Tremors. Bert, they're under the ground. Mm-hmm. They're under the ground, Bert. Yeah. When are we going to do our Tremors podcast? Uh, well, we got to wait till like they make at least five more, which is possible. Uh, fucking hurry it up, Tremors folks. Yeah. So um, we also have the Kaiser family, which is Kaiser uh, Sose? played by Chris Penn and, oh, and, and Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, Chris Penn is a pool cleaner and mm-hmm. he seems to have some issues and his yep. wife does phone sex for yes, she living. does 
so which is another job that i was like oh you know, cool yeah. neat very uh some real edgy scenes of her changing a baby's diaper while talking about like doing things to penises and balls what she wants to do to get an egg she says i'm gonna make you get an egg you slut mm-hmm. and there you go what <laughs> i beg your pardon yeah, so uh, they're there, and then, uh, you know, Chris Penn has a strangely sexual relationship with one of his friends. Robert Downey Jr., who is yeah. married to Lily Taylor, they are the Bush family. Mm-hmm. Honey Bush. Uh, yes, uh, and so Lily Taylor's mom is Lily Tomlin, but Robert Downey Jr. is just, he's just Bill Bush. He is a uh, aspiring Hollywood makeup artist, mm-hmm. and he seems like a an odd man in this whole endeavor. He does. And so like when, so when we were watching this, Andrea, like the, the whole time she was like, so Robert Downey Jr. And the Chris Penn, they're like, they're in a relationship together. And it's like, it does seem like that. The way they talk to each other is like, it's weird. It's like highly hetero talk, but it's like very intimate to each other. And well, it's like, it seems like they're going to be involved together and somehow, but then it never really kind of comes to that. And then you go, Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, like he's he's definitely like uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character in this is a uh, '90s Robert Downey Jr. I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Living the gimmick. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say about uh, RDJ, or was it gonna be R-D-J. about RDJ? Uh... So Iron Man. Um, yeah. He's trying to take down Senator Trask. I think. He. Well, in a different timeline. Right. In a different timeline. Who else has played superheroes in this? Chris Penn? Uh, no, sadly. What about Tim Robbins? No. Nah, he could be the bad guy in a political uh, superhero movie. Okay. So, yeah, so, so they're, ho- okay. they're, they're, they're house-sitting? Uh, yes, for a couple that is in the movie for about a second and then gone? Yeah, that's pretty well it. Um yeah, like really, one of the few like non-Caucasian roles in this movie. Yeah, you think there'd be more like uh, Louise Guzman's in this movie, but mm-hmm. there isn't. Nope. Well, because like a lot of the, so a lot of these families all live; they're all neighbors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also have Frances McDermott, and she she is a. In the process of getting divorced from her husband, played by a 90s indie guy, Peter Gallagher. Oh, yes. The OC, Jared. See, that's not something I know about. I know about sex lies and videotapes, and I know about American Beauty. And and, uh, and eyebrows. Eyebrows, man. It's the OC. You know that hip song? I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. It's Peter Gallagher, dude. That's Peter Gallagher singing? Yeah, and his name is uh, Stormy Weathers. So, so Frances McDermott is getting divorced from her helicopter pilot yep. guy, and they got a kid named Chad. <laughs> yes, the kid's name is Chad, and that kid's got sick drip in this show. Like, his outfits, ooh, yeah. oh. they look good. Uh, Frances McDermott okay. is also, uh, she's seeing Tim Robbins, who's stepping out yes. on his wife uh, to see her. Mm-hmm. But Tim Robbins is stepping out on everybody, and uh, hates his dog. And yeah, what a prick! D- dumps eh? his dog in the middle of the street, and then we assume he gets back his dog. 
but we, we uh, don't know for sure. And Huey Lewis making a cameo seems mm. totally okay with this. Like, I love that scene so much because it's like, does he not care? He claims. Does he not care because he knows that it's not the dog, or does he just not care because he's going to finish his beer? I'd like to say neither. So this movie's got what three? Three uh, musicians in this, at least. Yeah, Huey Lewis, Lyle Lovett, and um, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tommy Boy. Also, the dog is called Susie, but it's a boy dog. They right. always say that Susie, where yeah. did he go? No. Which I was like, weird. Um, so then we have like uh, the the trainers, the mother and daughter. Um, the, the, we have the oh the, the musicians, the lounge singer, and the cellist. Is that a yes. cello? Yes. So that uh, something like that. Yeah, they're kind of like. I don't know. They're kind of in between in this story. They, they they're kind of around, and they're neighbors and acquaintances, right? Right. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. And the, and yeah, they play at she. Uh, the mother plays at the club that some of the action happens at. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Jack Lemon who kind of drops in. He is the father to Bruce Davison, absentee father. We get a couple of monologues. We get Jack Lemon and his Jack Lemoniness. Um, talking like Jack Lemon. How'd you like that egg trick? Pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you gotta watch it. Now's a great time to watch The Apartment. It's Christmas. I know it is. Uh, that's a great movie. And I actually thought Jack Lemon was pretty good in this too, because I think when he's introduced, you feel like his character is going to be a scam artist. Mm-hmm. But then he's the not. way they got, he's not. And like, not to spoil it, but near the end of it, you're just like, fuck. He just wanted to be there, you know? And then uh, pretty well running through the rest of this, Buck Henry's in here. I think he's the... Va- Buck Henry, he's the... Who the hell is that? He's the vacuum cleaner salesman. Oh, the guy who shows up for a second? Yeah, and then, uh, and then there's uh, Francis McDermott's other guy, Wally. He's played by Charles Rocket from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, hey, that's the bad guy from Dumb and Dumber. And I looked up, <laughs> did you know he died? I did know that. Not too long ago, he suicide too. Poor wow, guy. Fifteen years ago. Yeah, but he was only um. What I, I think it was he was only like fifty three or fifty six or something. I was like, dang, they got another one. Mm hmm. Dang. Damn. But so, I was happy to see. Him. Yeah, and so that's. I mean, that's the only way to really maybe break down this movie, other than like scenes, is kind of go through the each of the relationships of these people as they kind of come and go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think this movie runs real smooth in comparison. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so contemporary. The editing is really good. Like I was actually impressed with how well everything kind of comes and goes out of one another. It doesn't feel like any one scene is overextended. I will say probably my least favorite is probably the musicians, the mother and daughter. Like I felt like those scenes kind of, also because maybe they're, they're not like recognizable stars to me. Well, that, I think what it is, is I feel like they're trying too hard. Like, cause the daughter's always like, I'm killing myself. And the mom's like, yeah, well, you ever seen me sing sugar? They don't know jazz here, which I also feel like an old white woman being the jazz, like the jazz authority in this movie too. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hmm. I was yeah. like, I feel like they could have got someone better for this role. I mean, I didn't, I just really don't know, uh, Thori Singer, the actress. Like I kind of, oh, like, I don't know either of them. Yeah, I, I well, I don't think Annie Ross is really like. I think she was just a she was primarily a singer. Um, yeah, but yeah, don't know her. 
work. <laughs> don't know her. Don't care. Well, for I, her. I did see her that she plays Granny Ruth in Basket Case two and three, and she's in <laughs> Superman three. Oh, holy shit! She's uh she's the voice for uh, Kitty Kellerman in the Salon Kitty, a uh, a movie that's sure to be one of your favorites by Tinto Brass, an erotic war drama. Tinto Brass, Tinto one of my Brass, faves. One of your faves. Tinto Brass. What are we talking about? Yeah, the yeah I don't know the old lady or the mom. She's not very likable, and the musician lady. I don't know. I don't really. I don't really. I don't know. I don't get it. What's, what are we doing here? So I mean, okay. So I'll say yeah. I mean, for me, as a as far as ensemble movies go, this mm-hmm. is this feels that that period when ensembles were getting good and then everyone starts copying these ensemble movies and then you get movies like crash. RJ. Oh, interesting. But, I wonder why you bring that up. Hmm. Well, it crossed my mind because I was like wondering like, Hmm, what's the difference between shortcuts and crash? What's the difference between say shortcuts and Magnolia as these kind of big ensemble movies. Mm-hmm. And there's all these other ones where it's like, isn't life crazy? And then there starts becoming like a message. And I think that the one thing that makes shortcuts interesting is I don't think it has a message. <laughs> it is, mm-hmm. uh, it, it isn't trying to make a statement. I think it's just about like, as uh, describe Raymond Carver, um, the author of which this work is kind of like a month, a month, um, compilation of like different short stories and then kind of just streamline into a screenplay which is an impressive feat to pull i guess um mm-hmm. he himself described uh, his work as inclined toward brevity and intensity and i mean in his in his format was sort of writing short stories and a lot of the time he focused on sort of like the small stories uh it's like mm. the slice of life kind of that we see i don't in this like movie. this I don't like the self-acclaimed brevity statement. Uh, I feel like whenever whenever someone uses that word brevity, brevity. you're in for a long haul. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like we have high brevity, and it's like mm, I don't know if you do. You know what I mean, Jared? <laughs> that's some, that some cat business, I think. Well, I, I didn't I didn't know if you could hear that. Uh, yeah. I was just getting her out of the the frame. They jump on the desk, and I usually don't mind, but it's it's like we're doing stuff right now. Okay, just... so b- before I uh, throw it to you, RJ, uh, just yeah. a couple of little notes here. Um, okay. There's there's the first scene where we're introduced to Lily Tomlin's character when Tom Waits comes in. There's this like large man eating food like pancakes or something like that and you see the the waitress standing there taking an order for a man who's not talking but he's eating oh so you're talking about uh some there's some problematic filming in this well no i think it's intentional oh i think it's i think it's just absurd (laughs) i think it's fine but she's standing there in front of this man who's eating and then she walks away maybe she's writing up a bill for all the food he's eating i don't know do you think it's like um, they usually you take the bill already written to the table? Mm, well, know, if he's usually, eating that fast, you might not be able to keep up with he's it. He's getting his next order, and she's just like in the midst, and she's like there for like you know at least fifteen seconds, just standing there. Mm-hmm. Watch for it, folks. You let me know. Yeah, um, interesting. So, <laughs> I think one of the, my comments about this movie is life is complicated. You know the movie. Is that your current it, day it, it, uh, it, comment, or is, it, is that? It, 20-year-old Jarrett's comment. Isn't life just? 
Isn't it just weird? Um, I think this is uh, the debut of Captain Planet, which means that Captain Planet is mm-hmm. in the Criterion Collection. Yeah, this is the first appearance, not the last. It could be its last. Not the last, but it's definitely the first. I like that Captain Planet stuff. It was nice. Um, And then, oh, yeah, I guess we didn't really talk about, or I haven't talked about yet, uh, Fred Ward's story arc, which is him going fishing. And upon uh-huh. upon upon arriving at the old fishing hole, his buddy goes and takes a piss. And mm-hmm. uh, while raining down urine, um, mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey, I think there's a there's a dead body in the water. Oh, it's a it's like a naked woman." And they're like, "Oh, we should call the police." Yeah, but we're here to do some fishing. Well, it's it's Jared. When is the best time for trout? When is when is the best time for trout? The ones that are maybe nipping and chewing away at a dead woman's body. Well, that that's part of their argument. There, it's uh, they're like, "Well, we're here now. It takes us a long time to get there." And he goes. The one dude, uh, cowboy guy, he's like, when is the best time for trout? We're also he's like, it's right now. Leering at, uh, earlier on, leering at uh, Lily Tomlin's bottom biscuit. They are. They're the butter, the butter fiends. And then oh, yeah. the one guy even has a comment. He says, man, there's a lot of guys in my position that would be doing a lot of other things with this dead body right now. Mm-hmm. If you catch my drift. Oh, yeah. And then you go, hmm. I think uh, that scene is most reminiscent of current day culture and people, you know, with things that are going on now. And it's like, should we do this now? It's like, well, maybe, maybe we'll get them on the next one. No. Um, like, Could you imagine what other people would be doing? What were you going to say? Oh, I said, are you ready for a, a spoiler? Uh, yeah. Dead kids. Yeah, that kid dies, man. Nope. You feel it's, bad for him. It's handled pretty well, I think. I agree. They kind of cut around it, and then it's like, delivers yeah. like, oh, shit. Well, it's like I said, I think that's the best part. The the best Jack Lemmon scene in this movie is when uh, when uh, the kid does die, and he just leaves. Or he's, or he's dying, and you're like, oh, boy. Time he's to... dying, and he just I, leaves. He, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't handle the, the rough stuff well. Nope. He he was trying and he was he was there for the kid and he he had good intentions. Well, the other the, when, the other kid made it. Yeah, and Jack Lemon was uh he was there to help out that family. Nope. That well, family. We're yeah. just just offer encouragement. Yeah, he's like, let me show your kid my egg trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, and then <laughs> I think I made a note here. There's this song from television's wonder shows and that comes up called white people this movie is basically a whole lot of that <laughs> i mean kind of but i mean what is tom waits filipino uh and then we get like the th- we get the moment that ties it all together earthquake because you have to have like a a moment be it an earthquake or frogs mm-hmm. falling from the sky some some sort of event that like is the the pin in it that just like makes it go wow it only makes you think mm-hmm. but we also get Chris Penn's face <laughs> you get Chris Penn's face you get the earthquake which also evokes the med flies which I guess would be the falling frog scenario which I also think plays into current day uh, paranor uh, panic like. You know, it's like, I've never seen a medfly. And there's, like, people spraying for them and stuff. But then the earthquakes kick up the medflies, Jared. I, I, and... I, I do like that uh, 
question, that line from Tim Robbins about like his wife being concerned, Madeline Stowe being concerned about her kids and the dog being out yeah. there, Mother Spring. It's like they wouldn't do it if it wasn't safe. I know. Well, he's a good. Uh, he's he's that blue line, Jarrett. Oh, he's blue line QAnon. He's all the. Uh-huh. He's a, he's a big all those things. But I, I do like I I agree, and I I just like the reveal at the end when it's like where they all do kind of like fly away because it's like yeah they were here the whole time and just mm-hmm. people didn't care you know yeah. and yeah we have earthquake and chris penn and then you have spoiler, you have spoiler number two jarring ending where spoiler, and you go hmm? spoiler spoiler number two so it's like and there's like i think it's a very los angeles thing but this is the big one this is the big one because everyone's always like when's the when's the earthquake going to come that like sends like california off into the ocean sends good men bad you know, and uh, while this just so happens, Chris Penn's pent up sexual frustration and anger and weirdness and impulses, they just manifest on the this poor girl that like, I don't know, it was going down at one point, mm-hmm. but uh, caves her head in with a fucking rock. Very, so, very, very, very biblically. Do you, it's implied that he killed. Do you think that he 100 percent killed her? Yeah, no, her. But what about the the lady floating in the mountains? Do you think Chris Penn killed that lady as well? Because I feel like there's there's almost more connective tissue there. Because we thought the whole time watching it, Andrew was like, "Well, I think Tim Robbins killed that chick in the stream, and he's oh. going to kill Francis McDermott." And then and then they kind of switch you. But do you think that that's there, or is that connecting connected strings that don't exist? I that's possible. It's a possible reading. I think I it's possible. Yeah. I don't know if there's like, because he raped and suffocated. He smothered her, I believe, is the description yeah. of her death. Yeah. And you get that, I think, really great scene with uh, when Fred Ward returns home uh, mm-hmm. and tells his wife about it. And like, uh, Ann Archer's like dealing with that. Is, How uh, long did you leave her there? Well, no, it's really good. Like, baby, we were fishing. <laughs> yeah. She can't, he can't understand. What are you so upset for? He's like, man, why do you care? We told the cops mm-hmm. eventually. How long? He's like, What's oh, I told you. <laughs> I told you. Come on. Yeah. Well, that was our read on it was that uh, Chris Penn was the serial killer throughout the extent of this, which maybe maybe that brings more light to the question we that was brought up earlier where you're like, what what is my review where people are like what is he talking about well there's a thing here where, so in the wikipedia it says that he hit her in the head repeatedly with his beer can yeah it's not a rock at first so like i think what happens is it looks like he's just slapping her yeah and then the earthquake happens and i think he picks up a rock yeah fall, i think a rock falls on her head and kills her hmm. which was like i mean maybe not but because i was just like how are they gonna like go around this and then i was also like why did chris penn do this when there's so many people close to him it's weird yeah but i, I think you it could either be that he was just hitting her and then he got a rock or well, he killed the her. earthquake yeah like he yeah. was killing her for he sure. killed he definitely killed her and then oh yeah. it was a fallen rock you misheard it or you miss saw it i think Robert, that's Robert downey and other girl yes and then yeah. be like you can't say that it was a mistake it's hard to tell what you saw in that moment mm-hmm. but who knows maybe uh the old Johnny Law will catch up with uh, Chris Penn one of these days. They might, but he's just a good, hard-working pool cleaner. Mm-hmm. Oh, we forgot the, the one of the other characters is the oh. uh, the ex-con who uh, tries to uh, start a start a fight with Chris Penn. Oh yeah, that great scene. 
Yeah. And then change of money. Oh, and also suicide. Mm-hmm. No. Suicides. There's pretty packed. Lots of lots of things. There's also a luau with uh, Tom Waits and uh, what's her face. They have a yeah. party, yeah. which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. It's good, good. And then there's a drunken party, just described uh, dalliances, inter uh, out of marriage. Oh, correct. Yeah, because correct. because there's the whole thing about uh, after the Alex Trebek sighting. There's right. a lot. There's a lot of talk about getting together for. A dinner, and that turns into an all-nighter, all-morninger. And okay, so that scene too. While we're at it, uh, Julianne Moore's scene when she's drying her skirt, mm. yeah, is one of the most distracting <laughs> and like most difficult to watch scenes I've seen in recent movies. Not difficult and like, oh, this is hard to watch. It's just like I was like, I was watching with Andrew, and I was just like, I can't focus. She's got no pants on. She's got nothing and on. What? It's extended RJ. for so long. Oh, it, so... RJ. It's, it's, it goes on for so long. It's, not, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not saying it's not fine. I'm just saying it's distracting as a viewer when a woman the... is just walking around pantless, poo bearing it for like 10 minutes. It wasn't too distracting. I It was fine. It goes on for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's a long It's a long scene. It's she, She's monologuing and you can see her, her bush. It's fine. It's fine. Things like RJ, come on. It's a long scene, Jared. RJ, it's 1993 by way of 2020. Come on. Well, we got any 90s sweat in this thing? I, I feel like this is a very 90s sweaty movie. I agree. I agree. So that all being said, I quite like this movie. RJ, mm-hmm. what do you think of Shortcuts? First time, long time for me, Jared. Mm-hmm. Actually, that doesn't make sense. Nope. First time. But I have heard of it. Uh, roommate Scott had this movie a couple years ago. Yep. And uh, I remember he, I think he was like, I liked it. It was good. Yep. And then I think he had some stuff, but he didn't want to say too much. Uh, and I think at that time, this was probably five years ago. It was like, we'll get there one day. Um, and then one day arrived. Then one day arrived. Uh, I didn't really know a whole lot about this, but uh, I did see all the people in it. And it was 90s. So I made Andrew watch it with me. And just so you know, Jared. My current 2020 stats, and uh, there was a meme sent by uh, Big Sugarhead, Reese Haxel, which I think is very fitting, that, that handing of the baton from uh, Bergman to Altman. I In this year, I have eight Bergman films, eight Altman films. Oh, neck and neck. 44 Roger Corman films. Uh, so it's, <laughs> that, uh, he's, the, he's the king. He's the king. But uh, they're uh, neck and neck, these two now. Um, so I hadn't seen it. I didn't really know a lot about it. I was like, I know it's really long and I know it's a crash type movie because it's mm-hmm. weaving stories. Uh, I like this movie too. I think it's pretty good. I think some of the characters uh, stories are very good. I think some of the character stories aren't as great. They could have been dialed back. And I think some of the character stories are downright confusing. Like the Baker, Lyle love it mm-hmm. because like his rationale is, I was like, well, you guys didn't pay for your cake. Uh, and it's like, I feel like this guy was being a hundred percent pedophile, like a pedophile. He's like calling. He's like, "How's Casey doing? Where's Casey?" And it's like, well, because he knows he knows that's the name of like cake. I don't, I don't see him being that. I, I don't know. It's I, I feel like they play it off too easily, where he's just like, "Well, guys, I was just upset you didn't pay for your t- cake." It's like, well, you were still like harassing this entire family. Well, for like an entire week because they didn't pay for his fuck the cake. He put a lot of time into it. 
does that cake like eight dollars so, see my assumption would be that if this was the short story it would be completely from his perspective from the bakers yeah and then she yeah, like one day they order, and then it's like now they tell him to fuck off. And, he, and so you'd be reading it, and you'd just be reading about this like bitter drunk uh, who's like making all these phone calls about like mm-hmm. like a thirty dollar cake, and he's like, "You son of a bitch!" Mm-hmm. And then it's like, "I'm gonna teach you a lesson. I'm gonna until you pay up." And then he finds out, and then he's like, "Oh, yeah." Well, and that's what I that that was my thought. I was like, I think the resolution to his character is a little bit too clean, where it's like, "Oh, jeez." And then Andy McDowell in that reading, too. It's like, how does she figure it out? How does she just go ahead with these things? It's confusing. Anyways, I thought I thought his character was confusing. But um, what was I saying? Yeah, I like the show. I think it's pretty good. Pretty good show. Uh, so characters, Andy McDowell and uh, Senator Trask. I think their story is pretty good. Uh, the news stuff he says, some of it is like, he's like, here are our thoughts to think. And you're like, what? But that's what news is like. Jack Lemon, very good. Uh, Julianne Moore and Matthew Modine. I think their story is pretty good. It's a interesting dynamic between the two of them. It's like, okay, okay. Uh, I do like the Canes, Fred Ward and Ann Archer. Uh, I think the professional clown, I think she has the best character story in this thing because I don't know. I just kind of, I, I liked it. I, was like, how, I like what how, they're How'd doing. you like uh, Tim Robbins lying to her when he pulled her over just to get her phone number? But how many clowns, how many clowns can you fit in this car? Well, see, and that's the thing. Tim Robbins, I think, plays that role well in, in this. His line was uh, goofy, but that's his character. Uh, so, like, I think his character is very, uh, it's pretty good, like, in the sense where you're like, this guy's kind of an asshole. What a dink. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Ward, him and his fishing buddies, I think is hilarious because it's like, it's just like what we're going through now. All these guys is like, well, yeah, it's not good, but I mean, what are we going to do? Let's just kind of keep on going with what we're doing. So I think that's funny. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee as the sex operator, phone mm-hmm. sex operator. I think again, like the professional clown makeup artist, phone sex worker. I was like, I like the jobs that they have in here. These, these careers. It's interesting. Uh, Chris Penn, him and his very sexual relationship with Robert Downey Jr. Very sexual. Uh, I do like his character too. I feel like it's not like out of nowhere, his turn at the end. But because uh, there's like the interaction with the guy at the nightclub where it's like he wants to do something. I kind of just wish he did, you know, mm-hmm. I wish he did in that scene. But that's not the way it goes. Uh, and then him and his buddy Bill Bush, Robert Downey Jr., who's OK. He's just kind of there. Yeah. He fills a role. And Honey Bush, she is also, I think, just kind of there. Well, you, you, you get like the one scene that's kind of well executed where it cuts like Lily Tomlin and she's all like beat up and looking longingly out the window. Then you see like Robert Downey Jr. looking behind her and you're like, oh shit, did he just like, did we just miss it on a domestic? But it turns out, no, he's just doing some makeup. He's just doing makeup. He's just learning, practicing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I did like that as well. Uh, And uh, there's one great scene in this movie where they bring him into the house, their house sitting and Lily Tomlin says to like Jennifer Jason Lee, she's like, well, these fish, aren't these neat? She's like, I just don't, really give a fuck about fish they just swim they're just there and i was like truer words it's a good screen cap uh then we got uh what do we got tim robbins i talked about him lily tomlin and tom waits i like their relationship i mean tom waits is kind of a drunk piece of shit but uh they seem okay they're having fun lily tomlin you feel for she really tries to help that kid 
He just, uh, the kid just wants to go home, you know? Mm-hmm. Frances McDermott, she's, that's another one that's like uh, out of character for me, I guess, because I just know her Fargo so much that I didn't, I can't see her as anything other than like mild mannered, like, uh, well, she's always like lady Fargo or she's like Coen brothers, right? Like, yeah, that's kind of her, what we would know her best from, like for the stuff yeah. that she appears in that kind of. Yeah, and then uh, like you see her nude, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't want to see Frances McDermott nude in this movie. Also, Fred says, Ward. Says you. Says me. Also, Fred Ward. I was like, hey, n- I never signed up hey, to see Fred Ward. Says naked. you. RJ, <laughs> you're having a lot of objections to seeing beautiful people on display. I just, like, like I said, it was, I just caught off guard by it. I was like, mm-hmm. you see that guy naked? You see that girl naked? You see these people naked? Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have Peter Gallagher from uh, the OC, uh, who I think his it's like undersold his uh, petty oh, nature where he goes and fucks up the house, destroys it completely. Yeah, that's, I appreciate that. There's some. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but there is like a weird like element of like, man, the men in this movie are just like, like a Not lot great. of them are bad bad dudes like it's just like women catch the like the brunt of it in various ways yeah well there there's another great line when senator trask talks to chris penn and he or congressman trask uh, and he's like what's the score or something like that and uh chris penn is just like bad guys are winning and i was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh i i think that scene is like it's shitty because he fucks up her house but it's kind of funny the way he does it because he's he's doing it all night he takes his time. He brings like goggles. He's very calm about it. And like he's winding his grandfather clock. It's really calm. And he's just like, I'm just subtly destroying this woman's entire life. Yeah. Fun. Uh, fun. Fun. I just see that uh, one of the singers was from the Trout Quintet. So there's another Trout connection in this film, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Baker, I talked about Huey Lewis you talked about uh who else do we got i'm just going down the imdb uh cast list here there's a guy named dirk blocker mm-hmm. it's a fun name uh who else we got in this guy alex trebek yeah i don't know uh i i also like this film i think um three three oh eight or whatever this thing is like it's pretty long it doesn't feel too too long but no. uh, uh i was watching with andrew and we did definitely have a couple snack breaks like an hour and a half in, it was like, let's take a break. Let's go get some snacks. Oh, we'll RJ. We've been calling Bruce Davidson Senator Trask the whole time. but What is he named? Senator Kelly. How could we forget oh, such class? Oh, because Trask from, is from the comic book. Is Peter Davis, no, and is also uh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, because he's from uh, God Loves, Man Kills. Boulevard Trask. I just kind of remember like Boulevard how they, they mishmashed names together. But yes, yeah. Bruce Davidson is Robert is, uh, Senator, Senator Kelly. Kelly. I'm glad that you looked because someone on the internet would have. Well, oh, they're still going to. They do still it. will. Don't you worry, RJ. Though, because they'll be listening like, for the first five minutes and they'll be like, well, yeah. these fucking idiots. It's like, well. Talk about Senator Trask. Go to wait till at least 45 minutes in and then we'll correct ourselves. Don't you worry. Yeah. Talking about Senator Trask and Short Circuit, that's not even either of these two movies that is being commented upon. <laughs> and you go, wait a minute. And then, yeah. and, and then you pants them and kick them into the girls' washroom, right, RJ? Oh, I would. I would. No. Yeah, I have toxic masculinity. Is that bad? 
<laughs> well, whatever if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I like this movie a little more than I thought I was going to, to be honest. You because can't. I was like... So back this up. What What is up with the letterbox review? Okay, I don't understand why that's so confusing, but apparently you, Slam Loveland, and Justin Peterson don't didn't get it. But I wasn't trying to be like what is really the qu- what is the Blumhouse reference? I wasn't trying to be quippy or anything, but like so this movie reminded me of Crash, yeah. but it reminded me of a Blumhouse movie because I thought there was this underlying story of a serial killer, uh, Chris <laughs> Penn, and I was like, well, there's a serial killer at play, but then there's also the violinist who will cut up her hands and rub blood everywhere. And I was like, this just feels like a fucking Blumhouse movie to me. Like, oh, man, that's, this added uh, stuff into it. That's uh, people are going to say it's a bad take. And I don't give a shit because well, that's just my it, opinion. It, it, man. Well, I mean, opinions can be wrong, too. They can. Yeah, I I don't care. I, 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 I just like because I'm like, I was like Blumhouse. I'm like. There's not a single incident of Skype, Skype in this, so I mean, I'm 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 lost here. I I don't it's, understand. It's more than just Skype. It's Skype also, but I just I just got a real Blumhouse vibe from this movie, That's, and I'm gonna stand by it. That is just, uh, it. that is strange. That is absolutely one of the strangest things I think you've ever said <laughs> in the history of the show. Because I don't see it. <laughs> I need someone to uh, legitimize you. my you claims. Need, you need someone to agree with you. I need someone to watch this movie uh, within the next two weeks, preferably, or else it'll fade. Uh, but someone just tell me, am I am I wrong? Because I know you, Slam, and John Peterson all said I'm wrong. But I just need one person We're to agree. We're not wrong. You're just confused. 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 Well, I stand by it. I think you're this confused. This movie feels like a Blumhouse film. Uh, you want to hear from who hates shortcuts yeah sure oh okay sure. cool fun cool that could be fun all right all right let's see here oh again the little the little font always throws me off and then i can't read words You're talking here about we amelia? go amelia half mm-hmm. a star okay. you see the knob of a man's cock piss on a dead girl's body so much full frontal nudity we didn't even finish it sad face yeah, I agree with the nudity part of that. Not enough uh, full frontal nudity. Not enough. Uh, I mean, not bad takes here. Uh, favorite films, Dead Poets, Requiem for a Dream, Leon, and Beetle Goose. Uh, and then some ha- half-star films include Shortcuts. Uh, and then two M. Night Shyamalan films, The Last Airbender and Stuart Little Jarrett, which was written by M. Night Shyamalan, just like She's All That. Or not. Uh, this person also gave uh, La La Land one star. So That's also yeah. Maybe this person hates Los Angeles. It could be. What's their bio? My dad's a writer, so I'm more of a film kid than all of you losers. But they're from Melbourne. Did they actually write that? They did. That's in their bio. Huh. Their watch list has movies. It's like, I can't believe you've never seen. Batman Begins? Can't believe you've never seen. Ghost World? can't believe you've never seen ben flood half a star the flood? trash subtlety is not this movie's friend at all summary californians are bad people and men treat women badly also <laughs> why so many zooms <laughs> the, there are quite a bit of zooms yeah i mean but it's like i just finished watching fanny alexander last week and that's got lots of zooms too true 
Good zooms. Good zooms. I th- I thought the shortcut zooms were good. I think this movie is really well made. Like I agree. Yeah. Uh, the biggest fault with the movie is that it has way too many characters. So many that you don't feel oh. any for any. You don't feel for any of them. I mean, p- potentially. I I felt for uh, the the waitress. She didn't mean to run that kid over and kill yeah. it. Yeah, I, I do like how they kind of play the whole thing that she keeps telling people about it. Yeah, and it's like, lady, you better fucking calm and, down because someone's going to... Tom Waits' response is, ah, oh, it's good. I'm not going to get sued. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then you're like, man, man you, you got to calm down. So Ben Flood uh, bio is currently moving over from taste.io. So some of my reviews will be short and sweet. So apparently that was a letterbox that failed potentially they also have requiem for a dream in their favorite films and watership down and come and see and mirror so this person just like sad sad boy movies i think uh but they gave salo five stars and they gave andre rublev five stars so you're like (laughs) five star affair rj especially if you like getting horses getting shot in the head (laughs) to put them out of their misery i'm not a huge fan of it I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not opposed to it. But other half-star films include The Last Airbender, Justice League, A Quiet Place, The Big Sick with Kumal Nyanjiani. Big things. Big, big things. One more. This is a an old friend of ours, Nomenclature. Wow. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've seen Nomenclature. Mm-hmm. Boring, unfunny, directionless. This is easily one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Whoa. The cinematography is ugly and stale. The dialogue falls flat. Characters awkwardly prowl through absurd scenes. There's one scene where Julianne Moore has an argument while nude from the waist down, and it's completely gratuitous and unnecessary. Yes. Another scene towards the end comes entirely out of nowhere. Everything seems to be designed at random and and towards no discernible purpose. I'm guessing this was originally hypothesized by someone inept as a comedic or postmodern experiment, despite having no idea what those words mean. The only part I liked was Tom Waits shouting, You're chipping away at a mansion of love, baby, while storming out of a trailer. That's big I, 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 I do believe Tom Waits probably uh, was low, was uh, kind of sprucing up the dialogue. I think so. I mean, you think that guy's going to read key, uh, cards? No, thank you. So, yeah, nomenclature we've talked about before, so I'm going to do something different. Let's talk about one and a half star rating Ooh. films, Jared. Okay, you kid me. And Race I, with I, the Devil. Okay. Oh. Peter Fonda. Okay. Major League Two. Francis Ha. Mm-hmm. Are these the movies you expected on here? No. Kate and Leopold. Maniac Cop. That's right. That's right. Almost Heroes with Chris Farley and Matthew Perry, one of my favorite films. Waxwork. Blast from the Past. Friday the 13th, the final chapter? Part four? No, no, no. (laughs) What do we get into now? Little Giants? A football miracle movie? Greenberg, one of your faves? The Mummy? City of the Living Dead? Spider-Man 2, X-Men, Dark Waters, one and a half. What? Silver Bullet, one and a half. Big. No, no fun zone here. 
Well, fun. I'm just going to do those because, like, as okay. you said, I think we've covered uh, we did this bad boy before. We, but... na- we nailed it. We're good. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, any final thoughts here on Shortcuts? Uh, I liked it more than I thought I would. <laughs> that's a that's a positive review, right? Um, you know, I had money riding on you saying shortcuts, more like long cuts. <laughs> it's a sick joke. I I, I was I, doing I, that. I lost. I lost yep. big here, buddy. I you disappoint me. But well, you th- what else is new? I'm just aiming to to keep things interesting. You're like, I think RJ is going to say long cuts. But then he brought out some Blumhouse thing and he is like, what? Everyone win. Hmm? <laughs> huh? Like, like whippets. Hey, man. That's probably one of the best compliments we've ever got. <laughs> in a sense. No, in a sense. After the break, mm. me and RJ, we're going to we're going to be just like Robert and Chris in Shortcuts. Have some fun, you know, chase down some girls on the bicycles and uh, talk about Roseanne Barr. Can you bring that guy behind you? I think he he want to chase down some people on bikes too. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll, he'll hit the G, GTS. He'll do. He'll hit something. Yeah, we got three tickets to the Brand Van concert happening this Monday night at the Pacific Palisades. Well, you can all go in if you uh, want to answer a couple of questions. Uh, mainly, what is Todd's favorite cheese? Uh, Jackie just called us and said it was a form of rock for. Give us a ring ding ding. It's a beautiful day. This is Liquid, ring-a-ding-a-ding-in I want those three grand band tickets, man RJ, if you were in a Robert Altman movie, what kind of crazy job would you have? Ooh, shit, that's a good question, man. You fu- you've been f- you fucking slept on it, staring you in the face the whole time, man. Jesus, shit. god damn you it. Know, you know, it'd be a great job. Yeah. Someone who, like... don't. It has to be a job that doesn't bring too much attention to itself, though. Yeah. It's got to be something that's, like, in the middle of two jobs that doesn't make sense that you're there, like a mail verifier. Like, not the person who sorts the mail, but the person who comes in afterwards and, like, just verifies that all the mail is in the right slots or something. It's, like, a redundant job that doesn't make sense, but it's, like, maybe that could exist. You know what I mean? Is this about voting fraud? Jarrett, I just want you to know that uh, there's no way people can vote legally. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's the future. I think that that's as much as the claims that they have, right? You can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com and send us your ballots. We'll, we'll, we'll count them, and then we're going to throw them in the river. We'll throw them in the river. Oh, I heard uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s rendition of The River on the radio this week. Holy fuck, have you ever heard that thing? What? 
There's a, this song. It's like a Christmas song called "The River." Yeah. By Robert Downey Jr. You gotta look this thing up. Okay. He's not a good singer. Is, is he a better singer or worse singer than Andy McDowell as an actress? Pretty. Actor. Pretty well on par. Ooh. Pretty well on par. Oh, come on. Is it is it the southern accent that she's doing? I just. He, he's dead. <laughs> he he dead. Well, I'm mad with you. I told you he did. She's just not good, man. I don't know. That's just my... She's like my opinion, man. I just don't think she's very good. I don't know. It's like watching shortcuts for a serial killer's plot. <laughs> it would have made it... it could have made the movie better. Oh I don't my, know. Oh, my God. Yeah, so much. It made it worse. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlope. And, yeah. and you can read about him and talk about Blumhouse movies. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Patreon, mm-hmm. Patreon, Patreon, YouTube. Next week, RJ, Spine 266 in the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Y'all, y'all know about that Cecil B. DeMille? Who? No, we... Who? You, you know about 1927? Who? You know about 155-minute runtimes? Ugh. You know about silent films? You know about Ugh. Jesus Christ? Ooh! King of Kings coming you at ya. You saved it, man. Just, just a couple days late for Christmas. Depends on when you watch it. Christmas can be year-round, buddy. You don't have to... Christ doesn't have to be just one day of the year, dude. It's in the heart. All year. It's in the the heart. Is that the gesture? Well, I mean, that's a little sacrilegious, but uh, I mean, you're you're in the right. You're you're in the right state. If it were real. (laughs) What? (laughs) Ho 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 ho. Yeah, this is our Christmas app. Yeah. (laughs) Shit. RJ wants to. Wants more serial killers in his plots. All right, Donald Kaufman. Someone killed her, right? All right. <laughs> Andrew always makes fun when whenever we're watching a movie, I'll always be like, "You know how I would end this movie?" And she's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> she's like, "Everyone would fucking kill themselves." And I was like, "Yeah, that's right." Well, only one, one, one dead. <laughs> only one in this one. Well, how, what, what did Andrea think of this? She liked it. She thought it was good. No, yep. good. Yep, good. We're all on the right side of history. Except RJ's kind of not, but everyone else is. We all have a positive opinion. Except for, like, those who hate people. Yeah, I don't know. It's confusing. I mean, I can see why people dislike it, but it's like, who cares? Yeah. You know? Merry Christmas, RJ. Wait a minute. I know what that's from. (laughs) What cartoon is that from? I don't know. I just made it up. No, there's like a Simpsons or something like it. It's like, I'll figure it out. Hey, the first episode of Simpsons season one is a Christmas episode. The first one is? Yep. Yeah, on the the set. Santa's Little Helper. This is his debut. Oh, right. That's too long of a name for a puppy. Santa's Little Helper? Yeah. And he's why the dog's like not very well behaved. Are you a Santa denier? Oh, Santa's real. Okay, good. Good. Real fake. Good night.